another year, another tish above. <coughs> another year of laning Eicha, sitting on the floor, kinois, trying to be Meirer a little bit, who we are as a Klai Yisrael, what we have lost, what we had. And the truth is, when we look at Megillah's Eicha, Eicha is supposed to help us put into perspective Chorban. And you would think that Eicha would be, from beginning to end, just a description of the Chorban. And yet, if you really want to put it into perspective, and you look at Eicha, you'll see that really there are three different themes in Eicha. On one hand, we talk about how beautiful, how glorious Kla Yisrael was. We talk about what a past we had, what an Avar we had. We also have many Psukim that have to do with Tshuva. We also have Psukim of hope for the future. And throughout the Megillah, these are the three themes. We talk about Kala Yisrael, Rabbosiyam. We talk about them being the greatest amongst the nations, the princes amongst the nations. To truly understand who a Kala Yisrael was, to understand, as we've said, we said last night, to understand what the Khurban was, you have to understand what a Kala Yisrael was. And without understanding what we had, you can't understand what we have lost. And if you can't understand what we've lost, you can't know what to hope for for the future. As we said last night, by by the Chanukah Zabayis of Yisheni, all the young people were singing and dancing. Unbelievable thing, Binyan Abayis, and all the older people, the Mnabi Ezra tells us, who remembered the first base Hamikdash, they were crying because they couldn't believe that this was it. And the crying, the Pasuk says, drowned out the singing. Because if you don't understand what we had, you can't truly understand what there is to hope for. <clears throat> and that's something that we have to keep in mind as we've been mentioning the last few days. It's a concept of Klai Yisrael B'Shalva. Moshe Rabbeinu saw Klai Yisrael B'Shalva and he said Eicha. Because even when things, and especially perhaps when things are B'Shalva, and we think, okay, it's not so bad. This is good. And Baruch Hashem, it is good. But this is nothing that we've been waiting for. This is not Geula. As much Tyre as there is, and as much Yadus as there is, and as much Emunah as there is, and the Baruch Hashem lack of our Golis, so to speak, as there is. But this is not it. You know, when, when the Kaisel in 1967 came back into Jewish hands, Kla Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael, rightfully so, were in a very big state of Simcha. But Moran of Shach, Zechrein of the Bracha, said that this is celebrating 
like celebrating the return of a dead body of a relative who's been killed. Yeah, we got the Kaisel back. But we didn't get the Churban back. We didn't get the Beis Hamikdash back. The Beis Hamikdash is still destroyed. The Kaisel, the last wall, representing that there will be a Binyan. But it's the time for celebration. Now, Vada, we're not minimizing Chas V'Sholem having the Kaisel. Roshach was trying to put into perspective Mamish like he was reliving the days of Ezra. Were they celebrating the Binyan Abayis? But those who recognize what we could have had and what we want, want, really truly want, we're still mourning and crying. When the Balfour Declaration was issued, recognizing or endorsing, I guess, the right of the Jewish people, so to speak, to have a homeland in part of Eretz Yisrael, Again, there was great celebration. But the Chavetz Chaim said the following mashal. He said there was once a very wealthy person who the rumor was that he was going to, had gone bankrupt. And his creditors were offered 20% of what they had loaned him if they would agree to be Michael the rest of it. So they all agreed. It's better than nothing. Except for one wise person. One wise creditor said, I'm not Michael any of the loans. And they told him, what are you crazy? Take 20%. So he said to them, you think he's going bankrupt and you're willing to settle on 20%. But I happen to know that he's doing very well. The rumor is that he's bank- going bankrupt. But I know he's doing very well and I know that pretty soon he's going to pay me back the whole loan plus interest. So why should I be Michael anything? So Chavetz Chaim said, you're acting as if Hashem is not able to bring the gula. And Mimela, you'll take 20% on the deal you're willing to take. You're willing to take a homeland uh, that the Goyim give us. And you're happy with that. Chavetz Chaim says, I know that the Rabbi Nishalaylam is able to pay back in Gansan everything he promised the Nevi'im, the Gansan Gula. Why should I settle for less? And that's the Yisai that we have to remember. And that's what Tisha B'av is about is thinking about the past and realizing what we had as a Kalal Yisrael and what we're looking forward to. And to realize, as the Megillah says numerous times, Chatanu, but we could do Tshuva, L'chuvanivocha, Yemer Hashem, Yemi'ichatayichem Kashonim. The second theme of the Megillah, the second theme of the Megillah is that there's a concept of Tshuva, and Sidu Kadin, as we'll talk about through the morning, Bezaz Hashem, different ideas along these lines. But here we see clearly, That time they couldn't figure it out. As we've laid over and over, clearly, as we laid in Aftaira, clearly is telling us it's because of Chet. Because of Chet came Churban. But we have the third theme of the Megillah. And the third theme is that not all is lost. There's comfort. There's hope. There's a future. It's not that we're just talking about the past and mourning over the past. As we said last night from Meir Simcha, that's a shtus to cry over spilled milk. A shtus to cry over something that you can't do anything about. 
The only th- reason we're crying is because we're cry- crying for the future. We're fa- cl- crying for a Kla Yisrael. We're crying for a Kla Yisrael who wants a Geula, who has a Chuka for more. Because we've seen what we have in the past, we say, Rabbi Nishalaylam, this is not it. And we're hoping and davening that we're able to do a Bissel Tshuva. And we're able to show the Rabbi Nishalaylam that we have this desire. And this is how the Rabbi Nishalaylam, so to speak, works in Aftaira of Parshas Bahar. Aftaira of Parshas Bahar. Yirmiya Periklamid Bays, famous Aftaira. Yirmiya says, Hayyadvar Hashem Elai Lemar, Yishalayim was under siege from the Kastim. And the Rabbi Nisham tells Yirmiya that your cousin Hanamel is going to come and he's going to tell you, I want to sell you my soda, Asher Ba'anosos. You're the one who's the Goyal. And the Rabbi Nisham tells him, You should go and taka, buy it from him. Vo'eknes asodi yirmiyo he says, I bought the field, I paid him kesef. Vo'echta basefer vo'echta im vo'echecha sefer amikna. All these halachas that we learn mesachta kedushin from these psukim about kinyanim. And I did it in front of Kla Yisrael, in front of everybody. And the Rebbeinu Shlomo said, "Kayamar Hashem tzvakos, take this sefer amikna." This star, this document, put it into an earthenware keli. Now, there's nothing going on in Eretz Yisrael. It's the beginning of Churban. We're about to go into Golos. But the Rabbi Nisham has commanded me to purchase this field, save the document, save the deed, put it into a klicheres. Because we're in the tifkite of the Chorban right now. We're about to be attacked. We're about to be sent into Galos. But the Rabbi Nisham says this is not the end. There's going to be a time in the future that there's going to be Gaula and you're going to purchase fields and houses in Kramim. And Yermiyoa davens to the Rabbi Nisham afterwards. And he says, Mamish goes through Nisim, Rabbi Nisham, you Mamish could do anything. Pasuk after Pasuk, you took us out of Mitzrayim, you brought us to Yisrael. Now we've sinned, we haven't done what you want us to do. You brought all this raw on us. The city is under siege. I don't understand. Now's when you tell me to go buy a field because of. Now, what's the cheshman here? Says the Rabbi Shalom, you've answered your question in the first sentence. You said, I mean, many called is nothing that's beyond me. You're here in Tifkite of Khurban, but you should know in a moment I could bring the Gula. I will bring the Gula. And the Rabbi Nisham was telling Yermiyo, Klai Yisrael has to recognize that. 
in the Tivkite of the Churban, you have to recognize Hamimeni, Pali Kaldavar, the Rabbi Shalom Taka could do anything in any moment. And therefore he was Mechayev Yermio, not just to believe it, to act on it. To act on that emuna, go buy a field. You're going to own this field one day. Go buy the field. Show Klal Yisrael that as bad as things are, and they are very bad, but Hamimeni Pali Kaldavar, Yeshua Hashem Karafayin, the Rabbi Shalom puts the hope into the Churban itself. And that's the aside of our Kinais and the aside of Megillas Eicha. There's the past, there's the Tshuva, and then there is. And then there is the hope for the future. The first kina, the first kina that we say, kina vav, shava suru many. So many of the kinais go with the derech of aleph bays, and we say this every year. And here we're starting with the samach suru many. As it continues into the next uh, stanzas, an ayin, then a pei, then a tzadi, why do we start in the middle? So we've said numerous pshatim over the years. Well, Pasha pshat is that really, this is really a continuation in many places, in Minag Rome and other places. They used to say kinais during Chazar Sashats up to the Shalai Mircha. And that last kina ended off with the letter nun, so this continues with the letter samach. We've said from Apichas Karitzer that he says that even though David HaMelech left out the Nun of in Ashrei because it stands for Nefilah but immediately and therefore the first thing as we sit down on the floor after laning after laning we sit down for the Kinois the first thing we start is with the Samach like we're saying it's the beginning of Churba now as we're beginning to talk about it. But immediately we say, We understand that there's this Nechama that the Rabbi Nisham gives us in the Churban itself. I saw this year a pshat in the word Shavas that I think lends to this idea as well. Why do we start with Shavas? Usually many of the Kinais that Rebbe Lezer HaKalir, which a lot, 20 some of the Kinais are from Rebbe Lezer HaKalir, are based on the Psukim in Eicha. And Pashtus, this Kino is based on the Pasuk, Shovas Suru Meni. I'm sorry, this is on the Pasuk, Shovas Mesoisli Beinu. Parakei Pasuk Tezvov, this Shovas Suru Meni is based on that word, Shovas Mesoisli Beinu. So I saw Rabbi Yashaber from Boston says an interesting thing. And he says, because B'derech HaOilam, it's not always like this. When things are nechrav, when things are destroyed, they don't happen instantaneously. There's a progression. B'derech HaOilam, a person's nifter, a person gets sick, gets weaker, and so on and so forth, till they're nifter, it's a process. Even when a person stops a job, he doesn't stop, he doesn't go from a hundred miles per hour to zero, it's because he gets shvacher, 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 oh, he's too tired, he has to stop. Come to, you come to the Rabbi Nishalaylam, he says, Uvayoyim ha-shvi shavas vayinafash. The Rabbi Nishalaylam doesn't need that. The Rabbi Nishalaylam is going full force, and the moment, the moment that it's time to stop, he stops, and then vayinafash. Then he's resting. 
a regular person is working into the resting, Vayinavash, Vayinavash, oh, he has no more Kayach anymore, Shavas, so then he stops. But the Rabbani Shalom is obviously like, not like that. He's going full steam ahead, and then all of a sudden the time is to stop, Shavas, Vayinavash. So Zakhtar Rashabar that the Mekainan here in this first, the Rebbelezer Kalir is telling us the Klaizo was on very great Madragas. And it's true, there might have been a progression, adding in a Bissel here. But Lamaisa calls man the power of the Beis Hamikdash, the motor of the Beis Hamikdash was running. There was still an unbelievable Shefa coming to Klai Yisrael. And the minute that stopped, Shavas. It's like the Rabbi Nishalaylam. It stopped in a second. It went from full force down to zero. And therefore he says, to describe to us what the tzara was and what the chorbam was, we start with the word shavas. But according to what we're saying, I wanted to add in the famous Sipurna in the beginning of Parshas Miketz, by Yemaher, when it says they, 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 they hurried and brought Yosef out of the bar to bring him to Parah, it says the Sipurna, Kederech Kol Teshuas Hashem, Shenasis Kemoyrega. It's not only the Chorban that happened in a moment. Kederech kol Yeshua Hashem, they happen in a moment. When you're not expecting it, when it doesn't look like it doesn't have to be a progression. Adarab, it could go from intense Chorban to Gul in a moment. And says the Sipurna V'chein, Omar Lase is lost. This is what the Rabbi Nisham said, it's going to happen, Lasid Lavoi. As the Pasuk of Malachi says, Upisom Yavoi Eleicholoi Ha'adoin Hashem. The Rabbi Nisham is going to come Pisoim. So again, we start with the Chorban of Shavas which is Rabbi Yashavar saying is the intensity of the Chorban, how things were stopped in a moment. But L'chaira we have here in Nechama as well, because the Yeshua is going to come in a moment as well. Ha'yipalei me'ashem dovar. Shavas Rumanim.
Going out to Kino Tess. Kino Tess is talking about the Tzaras of the Churban and it contrasts Parshas Bechukaisai, the Brachas of Bechukaisai, with the Teichacha Bechukaisai, with the Klalas of Bechukaisai. And one of the asides of Teichacha, Teichacha, is the Rabbanu Shalom already telling us what's going to happen long before it was even Nagaya, long before the Nevi'im? The Rabbanu Shalom already told us what's going to be if Klai Yisrael keeps the Torah and Klai Yisrael doesn't keep the Torah. And that's what this Kina does. It contrasts that instead of having this bracha, we ended up with this piece of the Teichacha. And when we talk about Teichacha, we talk about Klala, we talk about these Saras, Biyatzatzner, in his Sefer Eish Kaidesh, Shmuzim that he gave, in the Warsaw Ghetto, and in Parshas Mitzayra, when he talks about Tzaras Habayis, that's a Besura Taiva for Kla Yisrael, they're going to get Tzaras on the house, and they break down the house, and they'll find all the treasures that the Amorim had hidden there. So he says, L'chaira, why is it necessary to make the house tame? Why is it necessary to be masker the bias, lock it up for seven days, and then afterwards to start taking out the stones? L'chaira, once you find the nega, you know there's something hidden there, and finish. You should just already start chopping, uh, breaking things down. Why is there a din of tumah for seven days before? So he says, he says, we really have no hasog and kavanas hatayr, obviously. But he says, it's a remistas. Efshar, he says, ki yoidim that we know and we believe. That everything Hashem does to us, or for us, or to us, even chas malka isanu, even if he gives us a hit, hakal l'taivahu. But he says, And he's talking about in his times in the Warsaw Ghetto. He says, now we see it's not only physical. He says, even things that cause us to be even further from the Rabbi Nishalaylam. There's no schools, he says, for the children. There's no yeshivas. There's no bismedrish to davenin. So he says, when you see such type of teichacha, such type of korban, a person can think, Is this also Hashem l'tayva? If it's l'tayva, so why didn't he give us Yisurim that are going to bring us closer to him? 
Why is he bringing us bitul Torah, Tvila, Bechas Vishalom, Kamat Kalatayra? Isn't this Chas Vishalom, the Yisurim of Ayashlichaim, that Hashem is throwing us off? So he says, Lachain Rayim Bitayra, Shagam Shenega Habatim Tameo Mitame Haisa. That the Batim are Tame. There's a Tzara here. The house we want you, Dafka, to be Metamet. To show that it's Tame, to show there's a Tzara. Tuma is Rechuk. And yet, somehow at the end, there's a Taiva. Hashem does it, Lataivas Yisrael. First there's the Tumah Zayin Yomim, and then is Gala HaMatzmai, and then we could uncover the Matzmai. And that's why even the Talmud Chacham has to say about the bias, Kinega Nira Libabayas. It's only Kinega. It's not really a Nega. It's really a Taiva. And it's hard to understand. Really the Rambam says this in a The Rambam says, Kachi, talking about the Taicha itself, he says, when Klai Yisrael doesn't, take the opportunity to learn Torah when things are good, HaKadosh Baruch Hu makes it harder to learn Torah. And Gufa, what the Ishkaidish is saying, that's Gufa the Einish. And it takes so much more effort to try to overcome that. But in a different place, the Piyatzatim says in Parshas Vayeshev, he says, the Iker is, we have to dive into the Rabbeinu Shalai Lamesh Evrachmanes Anas, Begaleinu Tekevumiyad. Avlimchas Vishalom Nimshach Oit Shavua Vait Chaydesh, even if it's Nimshach, another week, another month, we can't lose hope. And the reason being, because if you put the two pieces together, it's hard to understand. All the Yisurim Haguf, we understand, the Rabbani is punishing us, but we should have the opportunity to come closer to us. But there's an Einish when the Rabbani Shalom even takes away those things. But still the Rabbani Shalom. It still means there's a Kayach of Kurva. There still means there's something good at the end that the Rabbani Shalom is going to send us. We talk about the Taichacha. We could find all of Tzaretz Kla Yisrael in the Taichacha. Rav, Rav Aronson, we've quoted him many times, in Ali Meroiris, who had diaries of his time throughout different camps, Auschwitz, other places, when he talks about in the beginning of the war, 1939, December of 39, he was in Lodge, and um, the Nazis were going throughout the city and they were plundering and searching. So people realized that it's not such a good thing. He says, my sister went, she decided to take her valuables and try to hide it somewhere. Took it to her, her uncle's house, her husband's uncle's house, and she went in the morning, uh, December 4th, he mama says the date, December 14th, 1939, she went out with her little package to go to the, to the uh, address that she was supposed to go to, and all of a sudden she gets to the street, and everybody's in a tumult. And they said, they woke up this morning, and a multitude of Jews are just like Nelam. They're like gone. They like disappeared. They're not here anymore. They were here last night, and they're not here this morning. He says, they just, the Nazis came in the middle of the night, took people away. People woke up in the morning, like disappeared. He says, this caused such a bahala and lodge. People were mamish running around, and they figured they'll all disappear pretty soon. And they realized that they have to start running, but this is what the Nazis tried to do. They decided that they're going to be Mekayim, the Pasuk, of you're going to run, but nobody's chasing you. He says, this itself, 
They started, it was such a bahala, they're all trying to leave the city, everyone's trying to hire wagons and whatever it was to take them out. And he says, the, the Nazis just stood, stood there and laughed at them. Just laughed at them. And they said to them, yeah, keep it coming, keep it going. This is what Teichacha is. We read about it, but here they saw it. And he writes that a few days before this happened, he lost. Uh, he needed. A, he needed a shoemaker. His heel fell off on his uh, on one of his boots, and uh, it was the winter time. So he says, "Where am I going to find a shoemaker now to fix it?" So then he realized he saw on a certain street. He has the address over here, a little sign. It was Miramis that there's a shoemaker who lives here. So he went in there, and they told him he's downstairs in the basement. He comes down to the basement there. It's pitch black there. A little bit of light, and. He says, is this where the uh, shoemaker lives? And the shoemaker jumped up and started, and started um, uh, hugging him and, and screaming and crying. He says, oh, I'm looking for another Yid. I'm looking for another Yid. And he says, he wanted to tell him that uh, he needed his, his, shoe fi- his boot fixed. But Ibamash didn't hear him, the shoemaker. And he says, oh, you're here, a yid is here, I need an Eitzah for you. Give, give me an Eitzah. He says, I have eight children. Their mom is starving here. Mom is starving. They're weak from starvation. He says, everyone is looking to leave the city. He says, how am I going to run away? He says, here, my daughter is lying here, 15 years old. She has a high fever. She probably had typhus or something like that. And here's my wife. The minute she heard what was going on, she fainted and she's sick from it. He says, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to just run away? How are we going to run away? He says, what am I, what's going to be with me? Give me an Eitzah, what I should do. So he says, Reverend says, my heart was torn, he says. What a tragedy, he says, when I realize the depth of the tragedy that's happening to Kla Yisrael, that there's Pasha no Eitzah. There is no Eitzah. He says, I tried to be mechazakim, natzach Yisrael, lo yishakir, yishuas Hashem, keref ayin. He says, but what do you really say? He says, we believe in Ashkocha Pratis. I told him, for every year it has a gzardin, l'chaim, l'chalil, l'mavas. Makes no difference if you're running, you're not running. You only do what you could do. But he says, then I realized this is not the only person in this situation. To sure, he says, there must be rivivos Yehudim who are in such a situation that they can't run. And this is the oimek of the Teichacha, that the Rabbi Nisham already told us what for Atzaris we're going to be, we're going to turn this way, we're going to turn that way, there's Pasha nowhere to turn. And this is living, this is what they saw, Mamish living the words of the Teichacha. Just one last thing, Negea to such Tzaris, I said, in, you know, we talk about in the Teichacha also, about Amonis, about Agunais, I said a a few weeks ago in the Shir and the Chacham Tzvi, Nifla de Kamaisa, the Chachamsvi's father, uh, um, the Chamsi's father, yeah. Chamsvi signed his name Tzvi, because it stood for Tzvi ben Yaakov. His father was Rabbi Yaakov Ashkenazi, was married to the daughter of the Shar Ephraim of Vilna. And we've talked about Tach Vitat many times. Tach Vitat, 1648, 1649, that was the 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 the, the of the Tsar of the time, but. The, the Cossacks continued, Khamenitsky continued. They didn't make it to Vilna until Tav Tesvav, 
till 1655, which is six years later, is that they were still plundering. They made it. That's when they destroyed Vilna. They burned down the whole city. Everyone had to run. The Shach had to run. The Beragoyle had to run. The Sharfraim had to run. This was, they had to run. They all ended up down in, in Marin and Moravia from there. But, so the, 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 the Chacham Svi's father was separated from his wife. His wife was with her father, the Sharfraim. They ran, and he got separated from them. And with the, the, the Cossacks, as we know, they were very, very cruel. And he was chapped by them and with a group of people. And basically everyone was bending down and getting their heads chopped off. That was it. Mamish getting their heads chopped off. And Rabbi Yaakov was on the ground with his neck stretched out, ready to be killed. And the guy picked up his sword and was about to chop off his head. And at that moment, Nichmer Rachamov, and he just whacked him in the head with the sword. And he said, dog, get out of here. Itaka ran away. But a lot of tumult, he didn't know where anyone was. Meanwhile, his shver and his wife made it to Moravia. And months later, Adim came. Two witnesses came and were made in front of the Rebbe of Heschel from Krakow, the Chanukah Tayra. And they were made that they saw Rabbi Yaakov being killed. They saw it. They saw the sword. They saw him being killed. We learned the Gemara's recently in Yavamas. In the Mishas Muhammad, people say, Bidadami. It, 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 everyone else was killed there. The guy was about to chop his head off. They said Eidos that he was killed. The Rebbe Rebbe was Mater, his wife, to remarry. Was Mater, his wife, to remarry. But Lamaisa, she, she refused to give in. And about a year later, six months later, after that, Maisa, Bohorug Baraglov, Rabbi Yankiv shows up at the door. He's alive, Taka. The Rebbe Rebbe got very, it's a tumult from it. And from then on, he stopped paskening Shailas of Agunas Bishas Mechama. Because he says, you see, he can't mamish to aid him. He had a right up, he didn't tire to say Mech on them. But Lamaisa, it's even to aid him. This is the extent of what was going on. People don't know who, where people are. Agunas, Chamsvi was born after the father came back. Chamsvi is after his, his father came back and still uh, was still alive. That's where the Chamsvi was born, from that Misa. But, but to understand the depths of, of, of Tzara, you know, it happened in the Holocaust as well, but at least there was communication. There was different types of records. In Zechvarshtel and in Tachvetat, it's impossible to know the Oymek HaTzara of Klai Yisrael at the time. And all this is all in the Teichicha that we say that if we would have kept the Teirah, we would have held the Brachas. But Venom, but instead, unfortunately, Pimkaim Chelef, the Chelef, the Brachas, where unfortunately we have to experience the Teichicha. Eicha
We're going to now go to Kina Yud Aleph. Be'kainen Yermiyo Yoshio. We say every year, Pasuk and Dibra Yomim, Be'ez, Perak Lamanei, Pasuk Havei. That with this we're Mekayim. Patakona. Of Yermiyo Anavi. The Pasuk says, Be'kainen Yermiyo Yoshio. That they said all the different kinais and the death of Yeshiyahs, we'll see in a moment. The Navi says that they put it for a chayk on Kla Yisrael. When any tsaru bechia will come to Kla Yisrael. That we are going to lament and cry about what happened. They have to be masked this tsar as well. So, and it's also in the Targum over there as well. There's a chayk. There's a chayk that was given to Kla Yisrael. When we cry over Chorban Beis and other Tsaris, we have to cry over Yermiyo, we have to be Mekainen over Yermiyo as well. The Chayra, we were Yaitza that with, kin- with Eicha last night, where it talks about 
that's where Yermiyo is being Mekayna now Yoshiyo, Eicha, Yuam Zob, Yishna Kesavatayv, is referring to Yoshiyo. But it would seem that Yoyitse also, to the daytime with the Kinois, by saying this Kina, Vayikayna Yermiyo, Yoshiyo, Kenzain, it's not Vahalacha this because Pirkadur Abelezer says, the Bechlal, Vayitzenem L'chaik Yisrael means you have to be Maspid, Tamid Chachamim, Gedoylem. It's not necessarily a specific to Tishabov or to Eisara, it just means that just like they were Mekainen and Yoshio, Pirkei Derbelezer learns that there's a Takana, that when a Gadol is Nifti, you have to be Mekainen. So it could be Lahalacha, maybe it's not Halacha Lemaisa in that way, but at least it seems in the Mefarshim of an art, Rashi and the Targum, um, that you remakayim this takana of Yermiyo or of the of the Kadmainim of that time. The story of Yermiyo of Yeshio Amelech is the story of Yeshio who was brought up in a house. His father was Amain, his grandfather was Menasha, Rishoyim of the Avaidizara brought Yisrael to terrible, terrible Averitz. And he was eight years old when his father died. He was too young to run the kingdom. And he took over the kingdom when he was 18 years old. And he didn't know much. He grew up in the house of Avodah He grew up a Yosem. But he realized something's wrong. He realized that everything everybody's doing is just an illusion. It's not bringing any happiness to anybody. And he ended up doing tshuva. And helping Klai Yisrael to do tshuva. And when he was 31 years old, he took his armies and he went around from house to house, getting rid of Avodah and Klai Yisrael. And it was one of the greatest tshuva movements, so to speak, in our history. And it brought about an unbelievable period in that, in that time. However, of course, there were many people who refused to go along with it, and they wanted to serve Avodah So what do you do with the policemen that are coming? So as we know, they made an Avodah on swinging doors, on half doors. So when they're closed, the Zara is there. When you open it up and the doors are open, it's behind the door against the wall and you can't see it. And that's how they were able to escape detection. And one day, Yeshio receives a letter from the Melech Mitzrayim, Parai Nechai, and he wanted a favor from Yeshio. Parai wanted to go through Eretz Yisrael to get to the north to fight against Aram. And he wanted to go through a shortcut, go through, you know, travel through the airspace, as they say, to get to the other side. And Yeshio remembered a pasuk in Parshas Bechukaisai that says, V'cherev leitzavar b'artachem in Bechukaisai talechu, which Chazal mean even a cherev shel shalom will not cross through the land. When Klai is on the right madregach, swords don't come through at all. So Yeshio thought that Klai after what he did for Klai Yisrael, he thought that this Klaiso was on that level, and therefore he's not going to allow them to come through. He has the bracha of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, But he didn't realize that not everybody did tshuva, and Klaiso wasn't on that madrega yet. And he made another mistake. For the first time in his life, Yeshio did not consult with the person who always guided him, Yerio Anovi. According to one shita, Hitaka did, but according to one medrash, he did, and he didn't listen. Pashtas, he didn't ask Yermiyo Anavi. And Yeshio amassed a large army to stop Pari from coming through the land. They met at the city of Megidai, and the soldiers, the Egyptian soldiers, were told by the commanders not to kill anyone except aim at the king himself. 
And when Klai Yisrael approached, they launched their full attack against Yeshio. The arrows flew through the air. 300 arrows pierced his body like a, a, a sieve. And Yermio, who knew Yeshio was doing the wrong thing, was following, hoping to stop him. When he finally caught up with him, Yeshio was already dying. And Yermio bent over Yeshio, and he noticed his lips were moving, and Yermio was nervous. Perhaps he's complaining against Hashem. Here he brought, uh, he brought such tshuva to Klai Yisrael. So he made Ephes a little mistake, but he deserves to die like this. However, when he bent down, he heard the words, Yeshio said, Sadiku Hashem kifiu marisi, sadim. And Yermio heard this, he realized Yeshio was a tzaddik from beginning to end. And he was Adarabah, he was taken from Klai Yisrael, because Klai Yisrael didn't deserve as a tzaddik. And that's why he began to cry, and he said, Beruach HaKadosh, the fourth parak, as we said before, Eicha Yuam Zov Yishna Kesem And that's when he made this takana, as we said before. And this is the story of Yeshio, a story of the potential of Klai Yisrael, the story of what one person could do, but at the same time, it's also the story of Tzidduk Hadin, of being able to be Matzdik Hadin, Yeshio, as we would think, would have every right to have a taina, a ksas taina on the Rabbi Shalom. What's going on here? But yet, that's not who Klai Yisrael is. Klai Yisrael understands that we don't understand. And if Chas V'Sholem something is happening, Tzadik Hashem Kifiu Marisi. That's Tzidduk Hadin. Everything the Rabbani Shams does is Sadik V'yosher. And that's a very important thing when it comes to looking at Tzaras and Teichacha. And Avada, we have to be Maktim. This is not judging anybody. We're not here to judge. But Lemaisa, if you ignore these types of things, you're ignoring the Pesach for Tshuva. You're ignoring the Pesach to get out of a Tzara. Rav Pinkus, Zechrein Levracha once said, it's a very modnazach. This concept of Holocaust denial. He says, there was never a crime in history that has so much proof and documentation like the Holocaust. Nothing. There were no records. The Inquisition, maybe the Inquisition had records, you have to go find them. But on a mass level, there was never such a crime that has so much proof and documentation. And yet... The denial of it is so rampant. He says, Appella, what's the pshat? So he explained this, and it might be, you know, harsh perhaps for people to hear, but Lemaisa, Kach Kiblu Hagadoilim, he says it was a Mida Kenegad Mida. He says, if you're not makir that Saras come because of Chet, so then Akadish Baruch Hu says, you want to deny that? I'm going to make it. People are going to deny that it ever happened. And we've mentioned this before, and he himself, Rav Pinkus in his Sefer, that shtickle's not in the Sefer, that I, I saw someone else bring down. But in the Sefer, Galus and Nechama, he brings from Rav Victor Miller, we've quoted Rav Victor Miller many times, from his Sefer, Divine Madness, where he says, if you look at history, you see clearly what was going on. Anyone who says that Yiddishkeit was glorious in Europe before the war is, doesn't know what he's talking about. And he writes, I was there, and I saw it, and I know what was going on, and how Yidin, I was there in, 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 in Kovna, and then how Yidin would go on boats on Shabbos, and he says, I was there, I, I saw it, we know all about the yeshivas and the gedalim and these types of things. But 
Klai Yisrael was 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 rotten, unfortunately. That needed, uh, I hate to say, it needed to be a restart, so to speak. It's 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 a harsh thing to say, but this is what he says, and he brings this here as well in in his Sefer Golos and Nechama in a few places in Shavach Hakadosh Baruch Hu Chamotzei Aleitzim Vavonim. Now you have a kasha, what every person who was killed, children, what about children? Rechman uh, al will talk about children. What children did Averis Avadanat? Tzadikim are nitvasim ba'avayin hadar. That's Aleph Beis in Klai Yisrael. It's not necessarily talking about a specific person, specific gadol, a specific child, a specific woman. But unfortunately, that's the way it works with Klai Yisrael. This is the way the Rabbi Shalom is Oises Hadin. And there's midah connected midah and everything, and and it behooves us to be matzik esadin. Again, we're not we're not judging anyone. We're not saying any specific people. But for Klai Yisrael as a whole, you have to understand that you can't tell that obviously the person who went through it can't hear such a thing, and it's not my our job to tell to them. But when we look back at history, the same way we could say about the korban, millions of people slaughtered, and all of the tsaras that we say in Eicha, and it says beferish comes from chatoim. What those children did chatoim those starving children of course they didn't do it but this is part of the Ashkaf of understanding it and and he, he says later on in the, towards the end of the Sefer um, another shtickle he talks about Taka he talks about children and in Cheshboi Shalaylam he has a, a, a shmuz about it and he says he says um, he says an interesting thing he says we find when it comes to the Holocaust, there was a big dogish on children more than other tsaras, he says. We'll talk about that again a little bit later when we could talk about Antichal Nash Imperium and that and that and that uh, and that kina. But he says he wants to say it's Midah Kenegid Midah. He says our children the Klaiso was feeding their children garbage. Not physical garbage, spiritual garbage. He says a mice and noira, it's hard to even say it, how a Nazi want to make a child. He brings from the Sefer Ein Dima, a child. Nebuch soiled himself from fear, soiled the floor from fear, and the Nazi made him want to make him lick it up. And he Pasha couldn't do it yet, he killed him. He said, Who ever heard of such a tsara? He says, Not this child, but Klaisrael as a whole, Mida Kenegamida, they were feeding their children garbage, soiled stuff, garbage. This is Haskal was being fed to them, all these types of of of, of, of terrible kfira and stuff like that. This is what was going on in Klaisrael. And there's this Midah Keneged Midah that unfortunately comes to a Klai Yisrael. And that's part of being Matzdik Esadin. Being Matzdik Esadin is recognizing, not a specific person, but if you don't, you know, it's very, it's, 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 it's much easier. Again, I'm not talking about people who went through the Holocaust, and I'm not probably not even talking about people who are children of people who went through the Holocaust. But us who grew up in the comforts here, and we, we, have to, we have to think about that, because it's much easier to say, You know why? Because if you say it's not us anything. It, it happened. Crazy things happen. And if it'll happen, to us, nothing we could do about it anyways. But when you have to start saying that, yeah, there's cheshbainas in shamayim, also for a person. Oh, what do you mean? It's not, it's not so simple, Taka. It's not so simple. Maybe I have to do something better. And that's part of being matzdik as hadin. Tzadik hu Hashem kifiu marisi. Reverendson says, as he was leaving his, his town, Sonic, that's where he was the Rav, he was back and forth in Adar of Tafshin Beis. He writes a shmuz, that, a drasha that he said to his kehila. And he says, he says that 
Again, he was talking to the people that were there, Tavshin Beis. They came, the Nazis came in 1939. So this is 1942. There was a lot of Tsarists in, in, in Poland already. And he says that when they took out Rabbi Akiva to be killed, the Malachim said, Zu Zu They said, what's going on over here? How could Azat Sadik die such a death? Biyad Haraitzim Achzorim. And what the Baskal say, Ashrecha Rabbi Akiva, Shatamazuman Lechaylam Abo. Rabbi Kivas Chaylik was Eilam Abba. So he writes, Achein, Achim Ayikarim. We gathered here B'yayim Hadin Shalanu. B'yayim Shalom should be Mavatal this Gzeira Neira. Every one of us should make a Chesh Ben Anefesh, he says. Everyone should make a Chesh Ben Anefesh. V'chilishav hisragshu aleinu tzaris elu she'ein lamach v'reya. You think, do we think that this happened for no reason? L'shav? Adarabba. He says, open up your Chumash and look at the Torah, the Nitzchias of the Torah. The Torah warned us, and if we're going to go to all types of Narishkeit, and he writes, people said, nah, it's not a big deal. We could embrace the modern times. We can embrace the Goyim. We could have their Nigunim. We could have their Nimusim, their customs, all of their stuff, the ideology. All of this stuff, he says. Their intellectia, Atuya Bimasecha, that's just wrapped in a, in, a, in, a, in a mask of what it's really, of it's really, it's, he says, it's really all Sheker. He says, that's what they said. But look what's going on. Achim Yikarim, let's do tshuva, he says. If we can't save our guf, let's at least save our neshama. Why? And he says, He says, Tshuva Satsibar helps even after the Gzardin. Let's be makabal to be makayim the mitzvahs. Let's be makabal to die Kiddush Hashem if we have to. And he says, this is someone in Tavshin Beis who's talking to his people. Tzadiku Hashem Kifiu Marinu. That's the Yisait of Kla Yisrael. We recognize everything that happens to us. There's a Siba. Rebrevda always used to say that the Gemara asks, the Gemara asks, they asked why in the times of Purim were Uchai of Kliya. Why do they have to ask a Shaila? There was a Gzeira. As Klai Yisrael understands, there's always a Siba, there's always something. It's not, Hashem doesn't do things without Cheshbonus. And even when we don't understand, that's the point that we say, Rabbi Shalom, Hatsuar Tamim Pali.
The next kina is kina Tez Zion. The story of Titus Harasha. The second base Amigdash. Titus entered the Heichal, saw the Paraiches, attacked it. He believed Kaviyachal. Somehow the Kayach of Hashem was in the Paraiches. He struck it, and blood came out of it. And he thought Epis that he Kaviyachal killed the Rabbeinu Shalaylam. He went into the Kayach Agadashim, as we know, and he did a terrible Aveira with the Zayn and the Sefetaira. And Klai Yisrael was shocked. They thought, this is the place, Hazara Karav Yumas. They thought lightning might strike him down from Shemayim. But he continued doing his Averis. He took many of the Klesharis, as we know, out of the base Hamikdash, sent them to Rome. And he divided his army into four groups. He commanded each of them to destroy one of the walls of the base Hamikdash. The end, the fourth wall, he didn't destroy to leave up the Zikaran of what he had destroyed. That was his Cheshben. As we know, the Rabbeinu Shalom left the Kaisal Amaravi for us. From the Kaisal Amaravi. The end of the Kina talks about the Gemara Gitin and the Medrash of the 300 captured children that Titus loaded onto boats, three ships, to send them to Rome to do terrible averes with them. And the children knew what was happening and they decided that they're going to give up their lives, Al-Kiddush Hashem, instead of living a life of Tumah. And they jumped into the water and they drowned themselves. And the contrast here between, as we always contrast, Titus, Titus Harasha, who in a Makam Kadesh becomes a Behema, was a Behema. He could be the king, he could be the general. But at the end of the day, look what he does. He becomes an animal doing these things. And yet, the contrast to Kla Yisrael. How we act, not in even in a makam of Nitzachin, but in a makam of Tzara. These children who knew that they're going to live a life of Tumah, against their will. But Tumah decided that that's not a life to live. And they decided that they'd rather live, die Al-Kiddush Hashem, because they won't have to live this life of lack of Kedusha. We say many times different different examples of where you see that Klai Yisrael, no matter what's going on, are able to keep their sense of who they are. In the Warsaw Ghetto, Nachem Zemba, his home, so to speak, of the ghetto, was a central place for Dine Taira, central place for people to come with Shilas. Sometimes couples wanted to get divorced, because they were having a machlaikas. The husband wanted to escape from the ghetto. The wife didn't want to come because she looks Jewish. She was afraid that they're going to both be caught. So she's going to stay behind. Let him go. What should they do? That was a din taira. Menachem Zemba had to paskinan. Other times, he had aging parents. One spouse couldn't leave behind their parents. 
They couldn't run. Sometimes the parents wanted the other one to leave. These were cases that came in front of Machim Zemba. They understood that if they're going to leave separately, there might be an Aguna Shaila. Write a get. And they wrote many gitten like this of Nachem Zemba, crying along with the couples who didn't really want to get divorced. But what should they do? This is what was going on. This is who Kla Yisrael is. The Teretzimima has a sefer called Gishmei Bracha on the Megillus. It's really mostly like diktuk stuff. And uh, it's a small little sefer. Someone pointed it out to me, Derek Agav, a few uh, a week ago. So I took a look there. So he says a very interesting thing. He says, if you look at the Megillah of Eicha, Rabosi, Bagoyim, Sarosi, Bamedinois. So all these extra yuds here. Rabas, Bagoyim, Rabas, Om. What's this Rabosi, Sarosi? We have it in Telem also in Halalah. Yishivim, Nidivim, What's these extra yuds? So the Mavarshim explain, it's Liyoyfi Halashan. So when you do something in a nice way, there's a tiferes, a glory. You say something in a sophisticated way of speaking or of writing. That's the liyofi halashan. So when it comes to halal, it talks about you're singing a praise, so this song has a, a yofi to it. But what's going on here? We're talking about eicha. And eicha, also you put in your miyah, and Abi puts in yofi halashan into, into eicha. So he says... He says that in this pasuk is a davar pella. When it comes to klal Yisrael, even when a person is mnafshei moraloi, v'kuloi oimer tsar v'yoga, and his heart is bitter, and he's full of pain and worry, and he's crying, and he's mekainen on his shever, and on his osoin. Even then, klal Yisrael is so refined that when they say the akina, it's in a way of yoifi haloshan. A way of Yoifi Aloshan. And therefore, yes, Yermio is teaching us we're in the depth of the Tsara and we're being Mekainen on it. But we still have that refinement to us. We still have that Malchus of who Kla Yisrael is. Even our Kina is in a poetic way and is in a Rabbasi with a Yoifi Aloshan. That, he says, is who Kla Yisrael is. And that's Kla Yisrael standing up to who they are as people. Rav Ashri in his Sefer brings down that there was a secular writer in the ghetto, in the Kovna ghetto, who survived the ghetto, ended up in Eretz Yisrael. And um, he once went, he wrote a diary called Ghetto Yom Yom. And it was uh, translated into English called Surviving the Holocaust. And um, he writes over there, June 5th, 1943, in the Kovna Ghetto. He says, Ashri is my good friend, and I'm his fan, on account of his uprightness and his faith. So, he says that um, he once took him, it's a long piece, but basically he took him on Shabbos, between Mincha and Mayriv, to Arzeider of Avram Grzynski, Hashem Yikaim Damay who was Mechazek the Bnei Taira in the ghetto, the Slavodka Mashkiach. And he says, he, I went with him to, um, to his shmuz. Now, 
A lot of people had to work that day. It was the ghetto. They came back from a hard day of work. The yeshiva bacharim, there was yeshiva bacharim there, and they were able somehow to get out of the work. And they were wearing Shabbos begadim. So he says, I came there, and at the table, Rabbi Avram was sitting, white beard, pale, sickly face, wearing his Shabbos begadim with a yarmulke. And he's speaking, he's giving a schmooze. And the room is crowded, stifling, it's hot outside. Again, this was June 5th. Sweating. So he says, he writes over here some of the things Rabbi Avram says in Chassan that we don't have of any of the shmuzim of the five of the of the uh, four years of the ghetto. I'm sorry, the 41 to 44, the three years of the ghetto of the Kavna ghetto from beginning to end. Rabbi Avram gave shmuzim after shmuzim to be mechazik the 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 bnei Taira and the yidden in the ghetto. Nothing, nobody remembered anything. Any of the people who were there survived. They didn't remember little bits and pieces from it. They tried to remember things. It was almost like this was, these were messages that were needed only for that time. And once that time was over, the messages were gone as well. I heard this from my uncle Rabbi Yitzchak, his son. So he writes over here, this, uh, this, this writer, he starts saying over the shmuz, and he talks about Klai Yisrael bin and saying Nasev and Ishma. And he says, the nations of the world see the greatness and glory in literature and in art. They don't recognize the significance of the Torah. And he says, many Yidin also are mistaken in their priorities. They don't understand the true greatness of the Torah. He says, the Torah does not demand from a Yid things beyond his capability. But it demands of him to be what he truly is. To act in accord with the character traits, the midas, which, is he, which he is gifted. Not to escape from himself or deny his nature. He must become what Hashem has created him to be. And he writes, Hashem created Adam Yashar. By nature a person's good. Don't be misled from that. Don't fall to the Yitzhahara. Klai Yisrael was chosen to be Damanivchar. That's why we have to suffer more than other nations. And he gave us the Torah to teach us how to behave. Klai Yisrael, as we know, has three, three Midas. He says, Bishonim, Rachmanim, Goyim Lechasadim. It's interesting, Bishonim, he says, has to do with, with Yerushamayim. He says, Bishonim, Abusha, you have Abusha, you have Yerushamayim. He says, it doesn't mean being afraid of HaKadosh Baruch Hu only. It means, when you recognize who HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, there's an awe. There's an awesomeness, being awe of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And of course, being a Rachaman, Klai Yisrael has Rachmanis. And then there's Goyim Lechasadim. He says, these Midas were given to Klai Yisrael to bear the troubles that beset it over many generations. You know why we have these Midas? Because these are the Midas, our tools, to make it through all the Gullus and what we need to go through. And he writes that Tzaras we're going through now are familiar from the past. The Torah told us why one punishment or another is given. The first base Hamikdash, the second base Hamikdash. He says, people of Emuna, Maminim, people of good Midais, are assured they'll overcome their tribulations. Kala Yisrael as a whole will overcome the trouble of our times. And that was the end of the Musashmus.
But this is what Rabbi Avram was saying. This is who we are as a Klai Yisrael Adarabba. B'Shas Tzara, that's where we have to draw on those Midas Taivais. Those Midas Taivais that we have instinctively as Klai Yisrael. Who we are as a Klai Yisrael. We'll be Mekainen and Yoyfi. We'll show who we are as a Klai Yisrael not to give up. Not to let them, as it's, the Nitziv says, The Mitzrayim said, we have bad Midas, they made us into bad people. That's what they try to make us into. We have to know who we are, who we are as a Klai Yisrael. And that's the, the contrast here between Titus HaRasha acting like an animal the way he acted, and these 300 children who Adarabah realized who we are as a Klai Yisrael and were not willing to be Mevater and Iota on who we are as a Klai Yisrael and we're willing to give up their lives. Sechar Asher
Next, Kino, Kino Yud Zayin, Techalna Noshim Piriyom, Oilei Tipucham, Tipuchim Halalayli. This Kino, also of Lezer Kalir, talking about the famine, Beis HaKurban, what happened, Nebuch to the children, Yiladim Yiladais, Bachurim Besulais, And we find this throughout Eicha, the focus on the children, the starvation of the children, as we mentioned before. Yedei Noshim Rachmonios Bishlu Yiladeim, as the Pasuk says. The base of Nehemiah on this Pasuk. <coughs> And he's these these number of psukim here. He says. He says that we find when it comes to Kla Yisrael, things are shalaykederech hateva. So you find that when it comes to Kla Yisrael, all enemies unite against us, and somehow they all make shalom in order to come against Kla Yisrael. And he says, this is shtikul yaitzimidarachateva, people who hate each other don't really get together on anything. But he writes, Hayutzarel roi shayavea shalu, ki Hashem hoiga roi pishoeo. He says, even though Tzarel Roish, there were some, usually nations that hate each other, if one becomes the leader, nobody wants to join with him. But here, they're willing to join along with him if it's against Kla Yisrael. Why? It's Shleikader Chateva. He says, Ki Hashem Hoiga Roiv Pishoel Mido Keneged Mido. As we've mentioned before. Ki Gam Heimachutz Midar Chateva. He says, Because Klai Yisrael acted Shleikader Chateva Mido Keneged Mido. Hashem punishes Shleikader Chateva. What's the Teva he's referring to? The Teva of a father is Lerachim Al Benoi. And to be Mechanachim, to go on the right right path. And even he says, of Chas Pishalim, a father doesn't go on the right path, but he wants his kids to be better than him. He wants his kids to be on the right path. He says, but in the Zman HaChurban, not only was it that they sinned themselves, Adarabah, they brought their children Lamoilech, they weren't Mechanech, their children properly. And that's what he says, Pshah in the Pasuk, Yidei Noshim Rachmoniyos Bishlu Yaldeyem Hoyu Levaris Lamoy. He says, the Loshon Bishlu Yaldeyem is a Loshon of Hivshilu Ashkeloisan of him, it says, by the dreams over there, Paris dreams by Yosef, that Hivshilu Ashkeloisa Novim means that it ripened. It ripened into grapes. So he says the Pasuk of Yedei Noshim Rachmanes Bishyodeim is the description of the past. In the past, it was that the Noshim Rachmanes Bishlu Yaldeim means that they raised them and they were Mechanech them, that they should blossom and they should bear fruit. That's how it was. It was in the past, they were mechanic their children properly. But now, he says, He says, it wasn't like that. Now they ate them up themselves, meaning to say they were, they were mashchis them. They destroyed them on their own. As if they ate them with their mouths. That was the achzorius. And he says that's what it was in the Zman HaChurban. Lechor v'yushalayim el b'shul shabitzlu b'atinei kashobes rabban. 
In his days, he says, I don't know when he said this shmuz, but he says, today is the same thing. Again, you can't judge, but he's the Rav saying this. What are, we, what are, the, what are our children going to eat if they are from and we're Megadam Lataira? Rather, they should go along with the Goyim, and they'll be Gevret Saleach, they'll be successful people. And we, the parents, will be able to eat from them. So he says, so instead of, instead of having Rachmanis on their children, be mechanech them properly, so Adarabba, they did the opposite, they didn't have Rachmanis on them. And because of that, he writes, Lifneitzar means before the enemy came, before there was a siege, they already went into, into captivity. Meaning to say they already were amongst the Goyim long before that. And that's really what caused it. And he says, therefore, since they did Chutz Midarach HaTeva, HaKadosh Baruch Hu brought them also Yisurim, Chutz Midarach HaTeva. Chutz Midarach HaTeva. So that is, in Teichal Nanosh Imperium, Rabbi Yosef Nechemia saying, that Kla Yisrael, instead of being their children properly, were mechanech them in the wrong derech. And because of that, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, that's not the derech HaTeva. Adarabba, the Teva is, you want your children to be better than you. You want them to be, to be G'daylim, Tadikim, Tamidichachamim, Erlichayidin. Why are you sending them off to go and be the opposite, to assimilate and become like the Goyim? That's Shalai Kederach HaTeva. And because of that, he says, that's why there was an Einish. Shalai Kederach HaTeva. This concept of Kla Yisrael, the starvation of Kla Yisrael, children starving, Rav Aronson brings down in, I think he was in Warsaw at this point, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he was in Warsaw. And he says, we, we got a message from Lodge that... Every day, 500 children were dying from, from either starvation or other types of machlas. 500 children a day, starvation. That was going on in Lodz. This, was, I think, was in 1940. And he says he gave a, a shmooze in Warsaw. Warsaw was still, things were still a little bit more successful there. He said he spoke for an hour and a half. And I said, said, every person has to give something, something, in order to help someone else out, if we're able to give to somebody else, it should be a schus that we won't have to give up on a child. And then he says the interesting thing, putting into perspective, platim. And you know, in our times, we recognize such a thing when Russian Jewry were freed from communist Russia and came to America. And now it's happening with the Ukrainians as they come to Eretz Yisrael. He says, Amarti, we have to look at these Yidin and realize to us they're just refugees. But yesterday they were Seicharim, Balibatim, Gvirim. These were people who had jobs. These were people who were businessmen. They were, some of them were even rich people. And in one day, in a moment, they turned into refugees who have nothing. He says you have to not just recognize them as refugees, recognize where they came from. And recognize, he says, and this is back to what we said in the last kina. he says, He said the Yidin opened up their hearts and their pockets after this shmuz. 
And he said it was proven that even whatever happens to us, we remain those Rachmanim, the Baishanim, the Goyim Lechasadim. That's who we are as a Kla Yisrael. But it's interesting, this, this outlook he says, you know, Nebuch, you have, you had some, some, we saw this in America here, some Russian Jews come, they could be a PhD and who knows what in Russia. They could be mamish, an intellectual person. And over here they can't, well, they're going to start over at 60 years old, they don't know anything, they become cleaning people, they come menial jobs, not there's anything wrong with being that, but who they were the day before and what they were coming for, this is what they became and this is what's happening. That's what refugees are. They had a life before that. And this is what he was telling them. The part of providing for them is recognizing the actual sorrow of what's happening psychologically to these people. And he says they proved to them, they proved who they are as a Kla Yisrael. But to hear 500 children a day dying just in one shtat, just in Lodz, dying from hunger. Rav Ashri brings down also, he has a whole chapter called The Slaughter of the Jewish Children. As we said before for Rav Pincus, there wasn't such a tzara that there was such a dogesh on the children. But he puts in a very interesting perspective here. Ravashi, I'll just read some excerpts of it. And he says, in the bleak life of the ghetto, he says, they considered themselves the living dead. He says, who knew, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen today or tomorrow. It was very tough. He says, but there was one single area of illumination in our lives, and that was our children. He says, these faces, they radiated goodness, they radiated love. Our hearts melted when we saw them. He says, but we also were nervous, what's going to be if the Nazis, chas v'shalom, are going to try to harm them? And he writes, he says, try to imagine the joy and the faith of the children when they came to learn in the Teferis Bochrim Yeshiva after their daily slave labor. The children had to work. They came to learn afterwards. Their suffering and their hunger were forgotten for the moment as they were able to learn. And he says some names of children here, different children of what they used to do and how they used to say Shekel uh, Gemara with Ataisvis. And the Bachrim, he says, he says, and, and what happened when they made this Teferis Bachrim, they had their own little Bismedjish uh, for themselves. He says, who could imagine, who could forget the Shalashudis as they would sing? He says, I'll never forget the little boys in Cheder, in the Havoyas Hames Kloyes, it was called, as they would say, Maidani and Shema. He says, for a moment, we would forget where we were. We would forget that we're in this barbed wire ghetto, and we're in a world of purity, of nobility. He says, so much courage and hope were derived from these children. And then it says, I'm always going to remember the day that the Nazis decided that it wasn't just going to be an aktion, which was just a collective murder, it was going to be the kinder aktion, the children. March 26, 1944, the Jewish ghetto police were ordered to come and for the Nazis, and the next morning, as everyone, the Jews, left the ghetto to their labor, this was Gimel Nisan, Tovshin Dalid, the ghetto, was surrounded, dozens of buses entered, each bus had its windows painted over with white paint. The soldiers came out with dogs. Not only the Nazis, the Ukrainians were there as well. They had defected from the Russian army to the Germans. And they said, anyone who leaves the home, there was big um, loudspeakers, whoever does not remain at home will be shot. And 
they also, that was, they're trying to sow fear into the parents. But then they start playing like music, hoping the children, you know, like the ice cream truck comes, everyone, all the children run out. They were hoping the children are going to come running out. Whether they did or not, I don't know, but they ran from house to house, dragging children, one after the next, mothers screaming, Rahman al-Litzlan, as they went from place to place. And he describes all different mothers trying to help their children, trying to help their children, take me along with them, take me instead. The Nazi says, don't worry, you'll get your turn, you don't have to worry. And it was a terrible, terrible time. The Nazis realized the next morning they didn't get enough of the children. They had an exact cheshben, how many children there were. And they went through, they started coming with grenades and with axes and picks and bloodhounds, smashing walls, people trying to hide their children, and so on and so forth, as they went from house to house and they took the children away. And they, he says, in those two days, they took also elderly people, between children and elderly people, 2,000 children and elderly people were taken to Auschwitz and Majanik. That, don't, don't, only, that didn't only happen in Kovna, it happened in places around Kovna as well, different places around Kovna as well. They were so thorough that not one child survived, he writes. Shavel, other places, little villages around in that area. And thus, he writes, were most of Lithuanian Jewry's children murdered. That's how the Litvische kinder were killed. Only a few children remained well hidden to anxiously await the redemption, the Geula, with the rest of Klai Yisrael. And he ends off the, the chapter and he writes, From the soil of sinful, bloody Europe, the blood of our children, cry up to the Rabbeinu Shalaylam. Rabbeinu Shalaylam, take Nekama. Take Nekama on these children that were murdered by the Nazis. And that is here, the Kina that we're saying now, in Techalna Nosh Imperium, Oile Tipuchem Alalayli. Techalna Nosh Imperium.
We, get, we now go to Chaf Aleph. Harzei Alevano in Adirei Atera. Asar Rugei Malchus. We've said from Ravelski, Zechariah Lebracha, over the years. The Klai Yisrael has to know who our heroes are. Who, who are the ones that we put up on pedestals? Harzei Alevano in Adirei Atera. Our Gedolim are our heroes. These are the ones that we're saimachan. These are the ones that we that we try to emulate. We try to emulate. And it's a time when we reflect on this year's loss of Maran Sarateira Zechreina Lebracha. There's any description. Arze Alevona in Adire Atera Balitrisim B'Mishnah V'Gemara Gibay Rekayach Amalel B'Tahara our G'daylim, Moran Sarataira, who we thought will lead us to Mashiach, but unfortunately was taken from us. And not only Reb Chaim, the Gaivid, Reb Taivya Wais, Zechreina Lebracha, last week was Nifter, also Omeridik Atamuchacham, a Dayan and Antwerp by Maizeda for many years. So much loss of our of Taira of Gedolim. He tells the Chicago Rashiva, Shmuel Yehuda Levine, Zechreina Levracha. So much potential, as we were hoping for years to be able to be Nana from Adaitsa and Taishia, taken from us. But we have to try to emulate them. Shmuel Yehuda Levine said, Amari de Gavart, when they took out Rabbi Akiva to be killed, and Rabbi Akiva, as we know, all know the Gemara, as he's sitting there, this is the day he's waiting for, to be Moiser Nafshe Akidish Hashem, Koyom Yisi Mitzdar, he was waiting his whole life to come to this point. Stop for a moment and think about Rabbi Akiva. What is Avoid at that moment? His mind was in the Himmel, his mind was in Shamayim, preparing himself for Kedusha, for Tahara, to be an Eulah Tamima for Kla Yisrael, as all of the Asara Haruge Malchus were. And all of a sudden, his Talmidim said, Rabbi, even now, even now, as he was saying, Kriya Shema, Shema Yisrael, he's been Mechabal Om Malchus Shamayim, this is it. And all of a sudden, he's like disturbed by his Talmidim. And they're like, Rebbe, even now, uh, now also? You know, if you ever, if you ever saying Kriya Shema during davening, and Meshulach sticks his hand in the under your talis, you know, he's saying, I'm saying Kriya Shema, what are you doing? And here, he's mamish at the pinnacle of what he's waiting for his entire life. In his mind, Mistama, this was it. And all of a sudden, Talmidim, they say to him, Rebbe, even now, even now, you're mekabel on Malchus Shemayim. So Zokter Shmuel Yehuda, what did Rabbi Kiva do? Rabbi Kiva could have said, "Sha, I'm in the middle of something. You know, I gave my whole life to you. Now I'm on my own. Now is my avodas Hashem." And instead, he stopped. A Talmud has a question. After mechanech a Talmud, to mechanech the Talmidim, and Rabbi Kiva said, "Yeah, Chazal tell us 
You still have to be love Hashem That's what Rabbi Akiva taught him at that moment. Rabbi Akiva understood that to teach his Talmud this lesson, he's willing to give up from his own Avaitis Hashem. And all of the Mesiris Nefesh, Al Kiddush Hashem, throughout all of our generations are based on the Pasuk, Bechal Nafshecha, Filu Naitelis Nafshecha. And this Jurasha, the Rabbi Akiva, said to his Talmud at this point, Akiva was Maitre Nefesh, his Ruchnius, to tell his Talmud this Jurasha, all of the Mesiris Nefesh, Al Kiddush Hashem, is a result of him stopping and saying this Jurasha. This idea of of stop of of, of of giving up, so to speak, on Ruchnias for Talmidim, for children, is an old Yisoy, and some cipher we said many times, it goes back to Nazanadler, they learn it into many different sukkim. But this this idea that that's what brought about all the Kiddush Hashem of all the Dairis based on that Jrasha was from him being Moiser Nefesh, his Ruchnias, to answer and be Mechanech, his Talmud. If he would have gone on and been Moiser Nefesh, our Kiddush Hashem would have been an unbelievable Kiddush Hashem. But Klai Yisrael would have lost out on that Russia. Could be somebody else would have said it. Klai Yisrael would have lost out on that Russia. But to leave because of the fact that he was Moiser Nefesh, our Kiddush Hashem, his Ruchnias, to teach his Talmud, even at that moment, he was Zaycha that all Mesiris Nefesh is attributed back to him, back to Rebbe Kiva. This is the Vart Reb Shmuel Yudu Levine said, it's a married Gavart, and he, he lived by that Vart. And someone laid two thereby, so I don't think this part he said, but someone said another Knech, and that is, could you imagine, Rebbe Kiva's Talmidim, the one who were with him, Bishas Maisa. Some of those were his Nanta Talmidim. Those were the, the close ones who were there to go with the Rebbe to be out, to be killed by the Romans. He says, if a rabbi or a person has an avayda that he's working on his entire life, Stamas Talmidim know about it. Stamas they know about it. So there's no kasha. Don't they know that his whole life, every morning, he's been waiting? He's waiting for this moment. So now he's doing it. Everybody say, Oh, Hashem, he's being mekaimet. But they didn't know about it. He could be oivet his whole life on something, but it was in such a tzanuadika manner, even his closest Talmidim didn't know about it. Because it's not about. It's not about who I am. It's about them what they need to know. My own personal Avedis Hashem doesn't have to be announced to the world. It doesn't have to be announced to the world. This is an unbelievable lesson to learn. An unbelievable lesson to learn in Chinuch, Chinuch of our children, Chinuch of Talmidim, Chinuch of Ben Adam Sometimes even a friend stares us. Sometimes in what we think is staring our staging. Of course, every situation needs a cheshbon exactly what and where and how. But this idea that if you help somebody else out peruchnius, you never learn. When I taught my talmidim, I got even more chachma than I would have if I would have just learned by myself. Even though it looks like I'm giving up, but you're never really giving up anything. The Rabbi Nishalelam is able to be mashlim, and he makes sure nobody ever loses out when they help someone else out. And that is... That is our heroes. Those are our gedolim. To look to our gedolim, to emulate, to emulate our gedolim. Bemis today, there are three levayas of people who I think are builders of Klal Yisrael. Three levayas today. The first levaya, not in order of whatever, but the first levaya, my rabbi, Reb, 
Uri Mandelbaum, Zechreinu Levracha, the long time in Al of the Philadelphia Yeshiva, 55 years, was sick for many years, terrible machla, the ALS, but he was a person who was a Meridika Boina. Not, not so many people knew about him outside of Philadelphia. It's a big Ayyvid Hashem. He was a Magachir for years, then he became the Manal. He was a genius, actually, in literally building and architecture and things like that. And, 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 uh, and, uh, but he, he was a, a Tsanuadika person. He was a Boina. He was a person to Taka to emulate. Rabbianko Reichenbach from Chicago, Amachona Jack. It's also one of the Boinim of Klai Yisrael. In all different levels, not only in Chicago, throughout Kla Yisrael, also very atzne aleches, very atzne aleches, like a person. My shvigar, Allah Shalom, and his wife, Yvonne Mechaim Lechaim, are very close. My shver and him had the same machla, they used to compare notes of Bissel. Um, also, a big boyna of Kla Yisrael, someone that we could all learn from. He was a person, Grada, who wanted to go into Chinuch when he was younger, and for whatever reason, it's a Gansamaisa, but he ended up in nursing homes and. Uh, he decided he's anyways going to be involved in the chinuch of Klal Yisrael no matter what and be involved in things. And this was Jack Reichenbach. And for our Kehillah also, Levaya today of Mrs. Rania Greenberger's mother, who also in her community, and Yvaldim and Chaim, her father, Shavra Fuashlema, Silver Spring, they were builders of the community, of their shul, of the school. Very, very involved. Each person here of these three people, three Levayas today, in a different aspect. Different aspect. The Manal and the Yeshiva of Alabas, president of Tarim Sora, Araskan, and then what we would call simple people who just are there, down on the ground, to be able to help Kla Yisrael in their shul, in their school, in their community build. We were like to have them here many times, stayed in our house, in our shul. It's, uh, it's, it's a day that not only do we look to our G'dayle, Torah to emulate, you have to look around and look at the, what we would call Pasha the Yidin, Pasha the Yidin to emulate. Pasha the Yidin are not Pasha the Yidin. You know, like I said once in Shul recently from a good friend of mine, when you say I'm a Pasha the Yid, basically saying, so it's not of me to do anything. It's not a good thing. <laughs> Pasha the Yidin are big Mechaivim. To be a Pasha the Yid is not so simple. And it's a Mechaiv, and that's when we when we when we look around, not only at our Gedolim, our Torah, but we look around at everybody around us. There's so much to learn from people, people who are taka the boynim, the boynim of Klal Yisrael. When we talk about Gedolim, when we talk about what they do for us, the in the Warsaw Ghetto, there were three rabbanim, the Iker that were left, 1943, Nachem Reb Dovik Shapira and Reb Shimshin Stochemer, Stochemer. And um, they had a big problem because they had received word, a message from the Catholic Church of Warsaw, that if they would leave the ghetto in the next 24 hours, these three Rabbanim, they're willing to spare their lives. The church would save them, and they have to make that decision. But they have one hour to decide, 60 minutes to decide. And that was their Shiloh. Should they leave or should they not? As we said before, the tragic Dine Torah that played themselves out in Menachem Zembo's, Menachem Zembo's uh, home, so to speak. And this was the Shiloh they had. Do they stay or do they leave? 
What would happen to the morale of Klai Yisrael if they left? What should they do? And they decided to make a bezdin to decide. It was Pasha, they decided Dina Nefashas. Paischem Bekatan, the first one was the youngest one, Rabdavikana Shapiro. And he said he knows he's the youngest and nobody has to follow what he says. But he asked them, please don't run away, don't leave the ghetto. He says, there's very little we could do for the people in the ghetto, but by not abandoning them in the darkest hour, could encourage them, strengthen them. And he says, I don't have the strength to leave everybody behind here. He said, are we hiding from the Rabbi Shalalam? The same Rabbi Shalalam is here and is anywhere we're going to run. And after that, the other two Rabbanim had nothing left to say. And Menachem Zemba said, it's Kapaskin, there's no further discussion. And they told the Yudunat of their decision that they're going to remain and not take the offer from the church. And if it's the Ratzin of Hashem, that will die with the Jews of Warsaw, will die with the Jews of Warsaw. And Bemis, this is always a Shaila. We know many Rabbanim who stayed, many Rabbanim who left. Nothing that any one of us on our own could judge or paskin. Rabbi Khanan was in America, went back, famous picture. The way back he stopped in England and then he was on that boat from England to Europe. That last picture of him. Captain doesn't abandon his ship, as he said. But Bemis, truthfully, later on, just before we get to what I'm going to say, later on, when some of the survivors of the Warsaw Ghetto described what it meant described what it meant to have the G'daylam with them. He wrote, we were hauled to the forced labor camps. He says we stood for lineup, backbreaking labor, whippings. He said, how did we have the strength to endure? Lulei Seiras He says, because we stood together with Rabbi Nachem Zemba, with Rabbi Chimeir, well-known Rabbanim, Rabbi David Khan Shapiro, Rabbi Shimshen, other Tamidich HaChamim. And while we were in lineup, they would say Avart, they would say Eshtikul Taira. B'machshake Yashivani, Tamudah Shel Babel, the Gemara says. During the dark nights of the Gullus, he wrote, this person, the Gemara is what served to enlighten us, to give us some type of strength. So it bore out, Taka, the way that they said it was going to be. It gave them chizuk to have the Rabbanim there. What could they do for them? No, they didn't survive with them. They didn't survive. Nachum Zemba was killed. Rabbanim Shapir was killed. But Lemaisa, it provided chizuk. Another day of life. Another day, some more ruchnias. Bemis this Shaila is an old, old machlaikis. It's a chsam seifer and drashas for ches tamuz. The vart of the chsam seifer we've said, the punchline we've said numerous times. The chsam seifer is talking about a sugi and chulen, about uh, the Gemara says over there that there was a bulmas that came to Pompadisa, and Rabbah and Rav Yosef ran away from the city. And Rav Zaira told them, you're like deserters. The kezayis of the kaved, the liver, it shouldn't be a trefa, it has to be in the makam of the spleen of the mara. So some ciphers bothered, what does it have to do with them being deserters, running away? Well, like what shaykhs does this have to do with it? So some ciphers says, he says, there was an old machlaikas, he says when Prague was under siege, he says 60 years ago, 
in his days, the night the Behuda wanted to leave. Halacha, Makam Sakani, you leave. And the Manhigi Hoyer didn't want him to leave. They said, You can't leave us, and you can't leave us. So he says, he says, so you see the night the Behuda held you should leave, but the Manhigim held you shouldn't leave, the Rav shouldn't leave. He says, but I see there's those who argue, there's all in the Drusha, there's some cipher. He says, immense, there was a, also a siege, and they sent the Rav out to Frankfurt, and another place, in Koblenz also, they sent the Rav out to Frankfurt. And he says, when Frankfurt was under siege, they sent the Hafla out also to some other village. Because what do they need? That the Rabbanim should be together with them in the Tzara. And Adarab, if the Rav is not in the Tzara, he could have in, he could help them out more. So, Bechlal, there's also a skula, he says, When the Arin has to travel, the Tamachacham has to be moved out of his place. So he says, you see, there seems to be a machlekas here between the Manhige Prague and the Manhigim of these other cities. Which one is the right way to do it? And he says, really, he goes in Al-Shtikotayre, he says, it's Midrashim Chalukim, Midrashim Chalukim, about Ein Chavish Materatz and Beis Asurim. On one hand, you have the concept, someone who's locked up can't free himself. On the other hand, you find by Yishmael that Yofa, the Kayach of the Chayla, more than everybody else, his Tevila is more Nisgabal. Sounds like it's a Shtikah Machlaikis. So he says, the Chayra, the Manhige Prague, and the Manhige Metz are arguing in this Machlaikis. Is it better to have the person in the Tzara so he could daven for himself? Or do you say, no, Ein Chavish Materatz, my Beis Asurim? So this was, seems to be a psashtikal altamachlaikas in where, what should be happen with the Rabbanim when uh, the tzaddikim, when it comes to such a ace tzara. And uh, basically he says, he says back to the original, uh, back to the original Gemara that they were running away from, from Pumpadisa. So he says over there, um, he says that the, tri- the, there's a machlaikas in why the kaved, the liver, um, is a trefa. What's the reason if it's if it's if it's missing? If it's a trefa, so he says like this. He says that the um, is it because it itself, if it's missing, or is it because if it's missing, it can't protect the spleen? So that's the shaila. If a trefa, the, the trefa of a kaved is its own problem because it's missing or because it can't protect the spleen, the mara. So he says, Rabba and Rav Yosef ran away from Pompadisa and they left the city, Bisakana, to save themselves. So Rav told them, you can't do such a thing. The whole word of the kaved, the kezayis of the kaved, for it to protect, it's there to protect the mara and the tzara. And if the tzaddikim are still there, you'll protect the place that you are. But if you run away, you're not going to be able to protect them. So that's why when he came to Paskin the Shiloh about the kezayis of the kaved being left over, it's not a trefa, it's only if it's still protecting the mara. So that's why I told Marukah, you're deserters. You don't understand the halacha. The halacha is that you have to be there. Bimakai mara, you have to still be with them in the tzaris. And these are the idea of who our G'daylem are. Either ones, whichever decision the G'daylem, different G'daylem made is with an Achrayis. You see clearly, there were some G'daylem that were, the decision was to stay and mimechazik the people. And other G'daylem, the decision by themselves or made for them was to escape. Why did they need to escape? Because they needed to make it to America and to, to rebuild Tyra. When you look at it, when you, you look at the Shilas B'Shas Maisa, 
Nobody can understand how the Achraz come. When you look back in history, the Rabbanisham had a plan. Certain people were there to be Kazayas bin Makamara. Certain people were needed to be Baina Taira afterwards. And those who escaped, the Sabah Rebbe and others, the different Rebbe's, the Belzer Rebbe, whoever it is, all the different Gedailim who did leave, they were leaving because because they were the ones, the shluchim, to save Klal Yisrael. The Rabbi Sham has a cheshman and everything. And that's what we have to remember when it comes to the Arzeel of Onan Adira Taira. To remember who our G'daylam are, who the heroes of Klal Yisrael, who we can learn from, what we can learn from them. And Be'ezus Hashem, we should talk to emulate G'daylam. The Rabbi Sham should continue to give us our G'daylam that we have. We should appreciate them. And Be'ezus Hashem, they should lead us to Mashiach Tzikainu. Arzeel of Onan Adira Taira.
We move now to a different period in history, to the times of the Crusades. It starts with Kinu Chav Beis, but we're going to go first, we're going to go to Chav Hei. The Gzairus Tatnu, 1096, the first crusade. And we've talked about this Barichos over the years. Basically, in France, they decided that it's time to liberate the Holy Land from the Muslims. The Christians decided this. And, of course, they got a little sidetracked on the way, not only with just anti-Semitism, but they made it religious. They decided it's not enough that they're going to um, redeem the Holy Land and Jerusalem from the Muslims, but anybody on the way who doesn't believe in Yashka doesn't believe in their religion, we have to get rid of him until there's nobody left, no uh, non-believers left. And it started off in France, and the French community was very scared, and they started davening, and they sent a message north to the Rhineland, cities around the Rhine River, to daven for them, to have a tightness for them, and... They weren't so concerned in Germany. It wasn't really the direction of heading towards the Holy Land. They figured they're protected by the German nobles. And they told them back, yes, they, in, in Magentia and Mainz, they sent back a letter to France. Yes, we made fast, we davened, we did our part, Hashem should save you. But we don't have to really worry about anything, they said. Because uh, this is not, it's, it's, it's not in our neighborhood. But then all of a sudden, for whatever reason, they turned north. Some say it had to do with, they didn't know which direction the Holy Land was. So they, I don't know, something with a bird or a goose or a chicken or something. Used it as its ways and it pointed north. They went north. So they ended up going north. The real reason was because a lot of the Jews at the time were money lenders. And a lot of the noblemen owed the Jews a lot of money. So there's one easy way of getting rid of a debt is if you get rid of the Jews, you don't have to pay anymore. That was the embassy reason they went north. And now they also had like a from a cheshben why they could kill them too because of the religious uh, crusade. That was really the aside. So they went north and the first city they hit was Spira, Spire. And in Spire, they thought that they'll chop all the Jews in the shul well, they were there Shabbos morning, but the Jews found out about it, and they all davened early, and they left. And by the time they got there, there was no one left. They only found 11 people they killed. This was on Ches Iyar. Ches Iyar of 1096 um, is when they killed them. Bishaini, Bishmainabai, I think it says in the, in the Kina here, it says the dates. Um, and that was inspired, and then they went north, and they went north, to Worms, and in Worms they got there, Chav Gimel Iyar, and they started killing them, and a lot of stories you said over the years, we're not going to repeat them, of the terrible atrocities, and at the same time the Kiddush Hashem, as they, some people, as we'll see in the next Kinas, they killed themselves instead of getting killed, and in Worms they killed 800 people between Chav Gimel Iyar, was one day, and then again, an Aleph Sivan again, as it says in the Kino, while they were singing Hallel, 
Bekriyas halal, b'chidish hashlishi, bekriyas halal, l'shayrira, is when they killed the second time, twice. It was killed in the city of Worms, and altogether 800 people were killed. Now it's interesting, in Hilchus Rishchidish, Hilchus Rishchidish, the Meshavur brings down, and Hilchus Tainus, I think he brings it also, that the Anche Vermaiza fast on Rishchidish Sivan. And one of the days of fasting, even though it's Rishchidish, Aleph Sivan, they talk a fast. And and in the um, in the in the Maril, the Sefer, the Maril, and the Hagois, they bring it down as well. Then in Vermaiza, they fast on the on Rishchidish Sivan. But it's interesting over there. They say there's a specific reason. They say because of the Yud Beis Parnesim. There were twelve Parnesim leaders of the city who were killed on that day on Aleph Sivan. Besides everybody else who was killed, but it sounds like this was a special tzara that uh, there's different versions of the story of exactly how they were killed, why, when they were killed, where they were killed. But if you go today to the Worms Beis Akvaris and you go to the Chelkas Rabonim, and the way it's described in the Svarim between the Chavis Yoyers Kever and the wall is a mound that has the Yud Beis Parnesim buried there from Tatnu. And in fact, on the wall, I was just there again for the second time in January, on my way to Vilna, I stopped there for the day, and there's a sign on the wall, Yud Beis Parnesim Tatnu. It's interesting because if you go through some of the history, they have a different year later on in the 12 or 1300s for those Yud Beis Parnesim. And then when you start going a little further, you find out that for many years it just said Yud Beis Parnesim there, and there was a Psamaisa that they attributed whatever story it was. Um, I don't know which year it was when they started re-renovating a little bit the walls of the Beis Akvaris there, and they found that under this plaque was the original plaque that was put up, and there it had the year Tatnu on it, and that's the plaque that's there now, that there's Taka from 1096. And this is makes sense brought down in the Minhagim that they, they fasted Aleph Sivan because the Gzairus of the Parnassim. Some say they were offered to... to, to um, they were, some say they were killed mamish right there. That's, the, uh, that's what the tour guides tell you in Worms, that they were right there, is they went there, they weren't, they weren't willing to give up their religion, and Mamela, they died right there, Al-Kiddush Hashem, and were buried right in that, in that spot. So that's Aleph Sivan, but it wasn't only them, it was uh, a lot of people were killed on that day. And then they went north, and they came to Magensia, and these are the three cities we're talking about here. The cities of Shum is Shpira, Vermeisen, Magensia, Spire, Worms, and Mainz. Mainz is more north, and in, in, in Mainz, they actually, there talks about them killing each other, um, the Yidin killing each other, each one pushing that I should be Mekadosh Em Shemayim first. And uh, over a thousand Yidin were killed in Mainz on Gimel Sivan. And in fact, in the Minhagi Maril, it says there that the Minhag in Magensia is that they say Tachanun until Gimel Sivan. That is the Lashon. Even though our Minhag is ready from Ashkadish, we don't say. We don't say Tachanun and the Shleish Me'akbala, but because of the Tzara that happened on that day, Gimel Sivan, they fast, till, they fast on Gimel Sivan, they say Tachanun until Gimel Sivan, that's what it says in the Maril, be prepared for that day, that day 
um, is a is a is a tainus. So those are the three cities that we talk about over here in um, in um, 1096. Tatnu, the Xerus of Tatnu of the Crusades. I want to focus for a few moments on the city of Spira of Spire. The reason I want to focus on it, many reasons, but to realize that the Crusades of 1096 were just a very, as much as the big Tzara was over here, and we're not minimizing it, this is why we say Avarachimim every Shabbos, was because of Gzairus Tatnu. As we've said in Shul many times, there were many Kehillahs who only said Avarachimim during the Yemeha Svira, because this was in the days of Svira, from Ches Iyar, these three cities, till Gimel Sivan. It continued afterwards. There's all the Crusades kept on going throughout many Kehillahs, through the whole, through Tammuz already, a few months, Eir, Sivan, and Tammuz they were killing, and that's really what the first crusade in, in this area was, till they ended up in Prague, and things like that, but the, 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 the many kilos only said Avarachamim during the Mayasvir, and that's why even if there's a Shabbos, uh, if there's a Shabbos during Sivan, you say Avarachamim, because that was Mamish, like we see, Mamish, the Gezeira of Worms over here was, was uh, Worms was Aleph Sivan, Magentu was Gimel Sivan, this was it, they say Avarachamim, you say Avarachamim, if there's a bris, so all these things, because this was the, tza- the time, the time of, um, the time of the Crusades here, this was when these Kehillahs were being killed. Um, some, like I said, some only said it during, during Svira and didn't say Avarachim in the rest of the year. We say it the rest of the year, but we have to understand that that's, it was because of this Kina, of this Xeris Tatnu, that we say, um, that we say Avarachim, that we say Avarachim. And so I want to focus on, on, on Spire for a few moments, and I probably could do this with every city, but... The reason I want to focus on it, because this year, when I was there in January, was the first year I was in Spire. Worms and Mains I was before already, as I've described it. But this is the first year I made it to, to Spira, to Spire. And what's left over there in Spire is actually the remnants, a few walls of the shul. As we'll see in a moment, it's not the shul that we just mentioned from 1096, but we'll see in a moment what that shul was. So there's a lot of, uh, of, 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 and that's the, I want to say, Mamish, the original building, but pretty much the original building. Um, in, 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 in Mainz, I'm not aware of, aware of any buildings that are left from the times of the Crusades. There's no real Zikarn over there. Worms, we mentioned, Rashi Shul. Rashi Shul was destroyed many times and rebuilt numerous times. Uh, theoretically, that's, that is a remnant. But, um, but here, you Mamish have the broken down remnant of, of the Shul. And this grad also, as I described to people, there's a mikveh there from those years, from the 1100s. It's a mikveh. Oh, the, those days, these are mayonis mikvehs. They're, you have to walk down, I don't know, a uh, hundred stairs to get to the bottom. There's a Mayan mikveh over there that's still, the water's still coming in. There's one by Rashi Shul as well, but that was built a little bit later than this one. This one is the oldest mikveh. Come out, it's almost 900, between 900,000 years old, um, this mikveh. And um, so in the city of Spire in 1096, as we said, they got away. Uh, they got away. I don't say easy compared to the other cities. Only eleven people, Rahman al-Islam, were killed. Um, the bishop of Spire, the in the in the story in the in the in the uh, recollection of the of the Xeris Tatnu, which we have from from different people, from the Raivan, from others. They have so the bishop. Bishop's name was John. He took the Yidden into his palace and he protected them. And only eleven Jews Nebuch, were killed. Um, 
So then after 1096 and 1104 is when they built the shoal that's there now. They built that shoal in 1104. Just to give a little bit of perspective, in 1140, Rabbi Yudah was born in the city of, Shpi, uh, of Spire. Now, we always talk about only the first crusade, but there were two other crusades that wreaked havoc on this area. In, ten, in, in uh, 1146 was the second crusade. And again, just to focus on, on, on Spire, um, in that point, it wasn't only the ruffians, the clergy of Spire also took part in it. Um, it wasn't so, so simple what was going on over there. The clergy um, took part of it. But it still wasn't, um, it still wasn't uh, a, terrible, a terrible massacre. In, um, in 1195 was the Third Crusade. In the Third Crusade, they also had um, people killed. About nine Yidin were killed. What happened was that at this point already there started being blood libels in, uh, in, in Europe. And um, there was the Dayan of the city, was Rebitzak ben Asher Halevi Habacher, they called him, the younger one, because his Zayda had the same name. So they called him Habacher. And um, his daughter was accused of a blood libel, and they killed her, and they displayed her body in the market for three days. And he tried to go and interfere and get his daughter's body back, and uh, he was killed by the mob as well. Um, many Yidin ran to the high balcony of the shul. They had built a big balcony in there to, 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 um, to uh, protect themselves. They ended up uh, paying for their protection to be released, but they had to fl- run from the city, and their houses were burned down, they're plundered and burned down, and the shul was burned down as well. And then it's a very interesting thing, and you see this, inspire more than the other cities, you see that there weren't as many Yidin killed because there was a lot of interference from either the bishop, the governor, whoever it was, they, they weren't so happy with what was going on over here. And uh, when the emperor, Henry VI, returned from wherever he was, he found out about this and he actually made it that the mob, whoever the perpetrators were, had to pay damages to him and they had to rebuild the shul. He, they had to rebuild the shul. If he, over there there's a there's like a sign by the shul now with the history of the shul in all different languages and it writes over there that 1195 it was burnt down and he was mechai of them they had to go as a einish not only did they have to pay they had to uh, actually rebuild actually rebuild the shul so as you see and this happened throughout the, the area the whole shum and the whole Rhineland and we'll talk about in the next kina as well that this wasn't just a one-time thing, Tatnu, this, this continued over and over again, this continued as a second crusade, third crusade, there were always Tsaris. In the city of Spire, in 1197, the Rekeach lived. The Rekeach, Rebelezer Rekeach. And the Rekeach writes as follows. The Rekeach writes that he was sitting in his home, Chav Beis Kislev. I had just, he says, said Pshat bin Mefarish, I think he was teaching some Talmidim, Parshas Vayeshev, Yaakov, of Bikesh Yaakov, Leishe Bishalva. He says, I was sitting on Shulchani, and two people broke in, and they took out their swords, and they hit my wife, Dulce, Dulce, and my daughter, they killed her, 15-year-old daughter, and a younger daughter, they also split her apart and split her head. And I tried to protect myself. They hit me too. 
It says, my wife, she ran out and started screaming that they're coming and attacking us. And they chased after her and they beat her up as well and they killed her as well. So basically his wife and his two daughters here in Spire in 1197. So this is after the Third Crusade. So what's going on, these Ramais and Michal that happened. And um, they were killed in front of him. And he actually wrote a kina. Rabbi Lezer wrote a kina based on the words of Eishas Chayol and the Aleph Beis, where he talks about his wife, this Grada, some of the Mepharshim try to bring Raya's Lahalacha to different things that he says over there. talks about that his wife, um, about uh, she, spun, uh, she spun threads for Tzvillin, for Megillahs. Is the Isha Ksheira to do that, not Ksheira to do that. She talks about his wife, how she, how she, uh, she cooked for the Bachrim, what they needed. He talks about how she was a very smart woman. She knew all the Zmiras, she knew all the Tzvilais. She said every day, Nishmas and V'chol Maminim. Interesting. The piyot of V'chol Maminim, the piyot. It's interesting, in the Siddha Rekeach, on Nishmas, and one of the pieces over there, Hitakash Delsu, V'chol Maminim, he says pshat in nishmas based on that he says that's the pshat of the python and over here he puts it together too that every day she would say nishmas and the piyut of she used to come to shul early in the morning stay late at night she would stand the whole Yom Kippur um, and that's how he talks about his wife and then he talks about his daughter. I'm sorry, she was 13 years old, not 15, 13 years old. She knew all the tefillahs and the zmiras from her mother, Snuva Chasida. And he says, he talks about how they came and they killed her. Then his younger daughter, she used to read Kriyashma every day. She was only six years old. And she was able to sew as well. And she was able to sing as well. And he says this kina. And at the end he says, Atzur tamim Imagine, his wife and daughters are killed in front of his eyes. He writes the kina, and like we said through the day, he was matzdeke sadin. He was matzdeke sadin kelemuna hatzur tamim. And afterwards, there's a hisafa. It seems later on he lost either one or two of his sons as well. He probably had no children left at the end, not a wife and not ch- children. And he added a- added in a few more stanza- stanzas on his children. Oily albonai ubenoisai. Neman alai hadayan asher donani bechatasi upishoy hichdiani lecha Hashem hatzdaka v'li boishes upon him Hashem hatzadik lecha avarich bechol mida shir achva he says lecha echra v'ishtachave. This is rekeach, and it seems from the Taldus that anything we have written from the rekeach now was only after this Sarah. After this, he decided that he's going to start writing everything down. So all the Torah we have from the Rekeach, whether it's the Siddur and there's Halachas and there's whatever it is, and, and on Megillus and on Chumash, whatever we have from the Rekeach was all written down after this, after this Misa. So this is the, the Gzairus of Tatnu, of 1096 of the Crusades. And in this is the, this is the Kina where we talk about, where we talk about the Python says, how come we didn't make a, um, a, a day of tainus just for this? To understand, uh, a day of tainus just for this. And this is where he says famously that everything gets, gets encompassed into, into um, gets encompassed into, into Tishabov, gets encompassed into Tishabov. And he writes, a Shever 
We can't make another tainus. And then he writes, Vein lahaktim We can't make it earlier, we have to delay it. So what does it mean, you can't make it earlier, you have to delay it? Lechari just said, you can't make a day, a new day of Tishavav. So the Chesam Seifer in a brings a raya from this. He says pshat here. He says pshat that the Mekainan means to say that they had a Havamina, that they should take the entire Tishavav and move it to one of these days of either Sivan or, or Iyar in order that they should be able to encompass it into the Xeris of Tatnu. That's the Havamina. And on that he says, no, because we're not makdim, we're delay it. So instead of making Tishavav earlier, we're going to push Tatnu to in Tishavav, which is a palatika thing to think of, that Tishavav, they, they felt the Gezeris were so strong and so much to mourn over, that there was a Havamina, they should take Tishavav, the whole Avelis HaKorban, and move it to one of these days, and instead, because uh, because ain laachra, because we're not makdim peronius, we're only machar peronius. They push this all into the day of Tishabov. and this is this is this is um, this is these kehilas of shum of spire that were mekainen here in the gzeris of the uh, of the crusades. Miten raishim ayim.
We go now to Chav Tess, which continues in the Gezeris of Tatnu. The Kina that we just said, Chav Hei, was written by Reb Kleinitz, Reb Yehuda, and some say this one. This also was written by Reb Kleinitz, some say it's the same person. And in this one, he describes the Harigais and the Shritais in this Gzeri of Tatnu, different stories from different places, as we'll see in a moment, and how parents had to shech their own children, Rahman al-Litzlan, so they shouldn't have to give up their religion. And in fact, the Marama Rutenberg is asked in a tshuva, if a person needs kapara, because in the city of Koblenz, and there was massacres there. He was told that he asked to shecht his wife and his four children. And his question was, does he have to do tshuva or not? And the question was, is it mutter? And it ends up being, we mentioned over other years, besides it brings down, it's a big machlekes rishaynim. But Lamaisa, the Maram Rutenberg says, Araya from Rabbeinu Kloinim is Osakein Bekina Maschelis Amarti Shumimani Shumani. This Kina, now Kloinim doesn't mean he did it himself, but it means that he, in this Kina, he describes it. And if it was wrong, he wouldn't describe it as such a Kiddush Hashem over and over. So the Maram Rittenberg brings Araya from this Kina from Rabbeinu Kloinim that it's Mutter and it's okay, you don't have to do Tshuva. And when you look through, it's a very, very sad Kina. Like all them are. But if you look through in the middle, as you'll say it, Kavash of Rachamon Lezevach, Limoisim Noamum, Hinini Nishchatim and Izbachim, the children said, Here, we're ready to be shechted. Mihishma Vulayidma, he says, Who could hear this and not cry? Haben Nishrat Vulav Kere Shema. Child is being shechted and the father is reading Shema, Mira Kazoisum Mishama. Lechaira, this is. A Maisa, he's referring to a Maisa that's brought down by the Raivan in his 
descriptions of the Gzairus of Tatnu, Rebelazib Reb Nassan, and he brings down the Maisa, and this was in a city, this is after Cologne. He has, as we'll see in a few moments, he has a whole kina he wrote on the city of Cologne, um, which was after Magencia, Gimel Sivan, they moved on, Hey Sivan, they moved to Cologne. But this is a place afterwards, I don't even know how to pronounce it, um, I'll tell you the truth, I Google searched the name of the city and the only place came up was this safer. So it must be some little hamlet near there, Viblin Kov or something like that. And he writes, There was a Zakin Echad, his name was Rabbeinu Shmuel Ben Bichil. And he had a very good looking son, and they ran into the water. In the water, he stretched out his neck to be shechted. Father made a brach ala shechita. V'habein ana amein. V'chalaim dem sviva v'anu b'karam shema Yisrael Hashem lekeinu Hashem echad. Now here in the Kina it says, the father was kairi shema, but this is the idea. He says, and the, the Ravon writes, Ru'u kabay oilam, look, kama gadol kayach haben. Shebli iko nishchat. They didn't even have to tie him up. Not like Yitzchak had to be tied up. And that's really is the same Lashon here. That's why Mistam is referring to this story. It's the same Lashon. That both of them were willing to give up. Unbelievable. That's what he says. So this is Maisen Bechal Yaim here. So that's what he's referring to over here, to this Maisa that happened. If you continue in the Kina, it says, Tzidka dina peria ki kriva anafeha, that she was matzik the din on herself, usmur mizrak dam kibla bichnafeha. And instead of the mizrak dam, that you're makabal a carbon's damen, she was makabal a bichnafeha in her, in the, uh, in, in, in her beged. In the, in the edge of her beged, she was makabal the dam. And this is another story, a remez to another story. Also, and this was about a lady, her name was Moras Rochel Habachura, the younger one, Basher Yitzchak Merabasher. And she was the wife of Rabbi Huda. Bachura just meant the younger one, as we said before. And she said, Oh, Maisa here, she said to her friend, I have four children. She says, Don't have Rachmanis on them. If, if, um, if Chas Vishalom, they get chapped, they're going to end up like Gayim. No, we're not going to allow it. So, they came, one of her friends came with the macheles, with the knife, and then when she saw the macheles, she started screaming, and she said, And she took her son, her youngest son, Yitzchak, and she had to shecht him. And, and, and then, um, the son, now, what she did, she did was she didn't want her other son, Aaron, to see, so she had held up her, 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 her dress in front, of the, in front of it to be like a mechitza between the two, so the other son shouldn't see. But Lamaisa, he saw, and he says, Mommy, I don't want you to shecht me, and he ran in the closet and he hid. She took her two daughters, Bela, Madrona, she shechted them, Hashem, Lekei, And then she had shechted her three children, 
And then she started screaming, started calling out, Aaron, where are you? She says, I'm not going to have Rachmanus on you either. And she schlepped him out, and she shafted him also to the Rabbi Nishalaylam. And she put them, two of her children, on one of her sleeves, and two of her children on her other sleeve. And that's where they were, unfortunately, their blood was leaking out onto her sleeves. And, and um, when the Goyim broke into the room, they saw she was hiding something by her sleeves. So they said, show us the money that you have in your sleeves. And she showed them. And she saw, they saw that she had shafted her own kids, and they killed, and they killed her as well. And he writes over there, That's what's referred to over here. Um, I saw someone say that this happened in... I think this happened in Mainz. I think so. This happened in Mainz. So this was some of the tsaras here in... Um, some of the tsarists here in the different cities that they never had to give up, not only give up their own lives, Al-Kiddush Hashem, but to shech their children, um, shech their children, Al-Kiddush Hashem. Now really, we only have like three or four, maybe five kinais that talk about the tsarists of this area of Ashkenaz, um, the, specifically as we're saying, the Gzairis of Tatnu. But Ba'emes, there are a lot more kinais. If you get an old uh, kinais of a German kinais, a kinais Ashkenaz kinais, I found one on the computer with a German translation. There's a lot more kinais that Ashkenaz has for all the different places. Like I mentioned before, there's a kina that the Raivon wrote for the city of Cologne, which was on uh, Arab Shvuas. And he writes that, um, that all these gazeras began in ER. All these gazeras, as we said before, they began in ER, and they went to Chaydish Tammuz, as they went from city to city, he lit, lifts off, lifts off numerous cities, and he has a kina here, a chaside kalonia, telachna b'nei Yisrael, l'kainen, l'mispad rav, talks a whole, a whole kina, on kal kodesh so this is, we only have a few of them, we focus on shum, but the, the, the Ashkenazim, they actually have uh, many more kinais. There's another kina that starts off, Eicha Yoshva Vodor Aguna, that they have, and in that one it says, Beferish, Vishas Tatnu Lotevach Nisanu, in the year Tatnu Lotevach Nisanu, Nisanu. Um, Um, besides for that, there's another kina that they have, um, also, also on Cologne, the one that I mentioned before, that the Ravon brings down, but here it's in their kinas. Rabbi Nuyel HaLevi, who was the father of the Ravio, has a kinos that starts, Yivkun Mar Malachi Shalom, and he writes, Bas Kolonia, Kalani Meroishi Meroish, Benafshi Alai Shariria, so on and so forth, talking about the destruction of the city of Cologne in 1096. But it's not only in the Crusades. If you continue, they have a kina, they call it kina mem gimel, written by Bihuda, by Rabbeinu Moshe was for the pogroms in Frankfurt in the year 1241. The Krach Frankfurt, Eretz Mapelio, Bereishis Elav Ashishi, Bishloi She'eser Liyerach Dos Morim Shavuya, which is L'chaira Yud Gimel Sivan, so there were constant, constant kinois that they had much more than we have 
um, for the Gzairas Ashkenaz. Like I'm saying, it went through not only in the 1200s, this is already 150 years later, they were still incorporating many, many more Kinois based on the Tsaras of the time. And the same thing is with the Svardim, as we'll talk about in a moment. Svardim also, for their, their areas, they have their Kinois. How, how, how it was incorporated, which Kinois were incorporated in our Sefer Akinas, and who exactly did that, I'm not 100% sure. But you see that each place, the Tsaras that happened to them, this was, was on their mind. And, um, and, um, and these are the things that they, they constantly wrote Kinois in order to keep these Tsaras here. And if you think about it that, that way, so then you understand it wasn't just two, three Kinois and we want to change the whole Tishabov to a different day. This was this is this was their korban, mamish their korban, and they had many kinais along those lines, and these are the kinais that they lived with, and because of that, this is how they viewed the korban, and they wanted that the uh, that the that tishuva perhaps should be moved, but of course, as we said in the kina before, it can't be moved. And these are the stories v'chahena v'chahena, stories of parents who had to make very 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 scary and 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 decisions to decide that this is more important. It's more important for my child not to grow up in a place where they don't belong, to die Al-Kiddush Hashem, to understand that this world is only a world of, of, of earning Olam Habo. But if you're not going to learn Olam Habo here, what's the world worth? Better they should go Al-Kiddush Hashem and not have to worry about having here the, the Nishayinus that they have. We're not going to say Lamed Gimel, but Lamed Gimel is another kina on the, the years of Tatnu, and over there he talks specifically about it. If you look in Lamed Gimel, just for a moment, where he talks about there where they were Tos, Bikshu, Valai Hikshu, they came with the Rabbi Dezaraz, um, Yerosam Kishkishu, they made a lot of noise with their Yira of Isais, and they all had the same ice that was the cross they came with, and they tried to get us to, uh, to, give, up, to give up our religion, and again, they came and they were willing to be Moisir Nafshem HaKiddush Hashem, Says over there, Beferish and Akina, Zman Shas Tatnu, Biur Aleph Lamachzer Renu, Reish Nun Vav. So, if anyone's interested in knowing what that means, basically it means to say is that um, that we know that there's uh, that there are um, we have to make a leap year, right? Seven times in nineteen years, you have to make a leap year for uh, to keep the uh, to keep everything to keep Pesach where it's supposed to be. So. Um, so, so, in this year of 1096, was, if you count, 19 years times Reish Nun Vav, that's how many cycles, I'm sorry, that was Reish Nun Hey, that's how many cycles of the 19 years there were of leap years, and this was 11th year of the next cycle, the 256th cycle of, um, of of the Iber Yar cycle. That's what it means. Zaman Shastatnu, that was the year 1096. It was in the 11th year of the 256th cycle of 19 year cycles of leap years. That's what that means. So these were the, the times of the Crusades, and further on, as we see, where Klai Yisrael, we didn't even get into Tachvetat this year. Other years we have gotten into it. We don't have time to do that. But as this continued in Klai Yisrael, Tsaris and Tsaris and Tsaris, all the result of the Churban, and all of these Tsaris are encompassed here into, into the uh, kinois of the Khurban. Amarti Shuman
going to go now to Lamed Aleph, Tzayisim Yimitzrayim, Tzayisim Yerushalayim, the contrast between the two, how we left Mitzrayim on a high, how we left Yerushalayim on a low, and we always talk about the Golus Varad in this Kina, how they left 1492, they were expelled from from Spain, they went, chosen with either staying, converting, the Sefer HaKabbalah, Rabbi Vromber, Rabbi Shloyma, who was 10 years old, by Girish Svarad, he was one of those who was in that expulsion, he said, Roiv of the Jews stayed at home, and Hemiru Dasam, and gave up their religion, Vilayotsu, Migdoyle Svaradam, Anigea, Misei Ma'at, says many, only a few people, a few, of the Gedoyle Svarad and the leaders of Svarad left who were willing to give up their lives al Kiddush Hashem they made themselves Hefker the God of Bekulam the Yitzchak Abar Benel Shakidish Hashem Bifar Hesyo because he was given an out he was a Abar Benel was a minister in the king's palace and he decided he's leaving and he gave it all up all his riches and all his fame and all his fortune it was Mekadosh Shemaim Befarhesio, and left three hundred thousand Yidden left on Tisha B'av of fourteen ninety two. Three hundred thousand sounds like a lot, but he's saying it was a Masemat. It was a small amount of who they were, and they left, and they had terrible stories. The Abarbanel himself writes that some of them, they went. Some of them went on boats and they capsized, and some of them were sold to Africa as slaves. Some of them were killed. And from those 300,000, the Abarbanel in uh, his Akdama to Malachim says, And only a few of them were taka left from this Harbe. And that's what it was. It wasn't an easy thing to leave. This is what it means to say they were making themselves Hefker. And as we said, every, almost every year, the Sefer HaTeda writes, that there was a psak, it doesn't say there before the Barbanel, but Kenzel that it was his psak, that they played a music on Tishabov as they left, as they left Sfarah. There was an orchestra playing, and the reason is because they wanted them to understand that the only time you cry is Bitsaisimirushalayim, when you're going out into Golos. And when you're leaving one Golos to another Golos, that's not crying. You don't cry for leaving a Golos. Adaraba. It's another step towards the Gula, and therefore they were makel, and they held that they should have an orchestra playing as they left, as they left, uh, as they left Spain. Lemaisa, the Rebbe of Yainison and Yaris Dvash writes in Jewish Vav, when he talks about the Indian of Goyesha clothing, he writes, V'chei midvar ha-begodim, hu ha-dover she-goram, mikedem isvarad ha-girush. He says that they wore the Begadim, Shalav Shugvarim Venashim. He says, part of the assimilation in Sfarad, which he says was Gairim, was Gairim. The Girush was, had to do with clothing, dressing like a guy, going with their styles. The Tzrar Hamar, we mentioned other years, says another, other reasons. He says they were too comfortable there. They built palaces and they thought this is Mamash, their place. But this is what Rabbi Yenis and Ibshitz, Rabbi Yenis and writes in Yaris Dvash. And Bemis, Rebekah Vemdin, in his sitter, on 
Tishabav and Yanim of and the and Tishabav, Khaidashav, when he's talking about Gullus here, he writes, he has a long uh, piece over here, and he says, You have to be very careful, very careful when it comes to the Levush of Gayim. He says he says um, He says, says, people now have a desire to mix with the Goyim, they're jealous, with every new style, they're more medactive than, than the Goyim or Mechadish them. And, and, and Rabbi Yisif Nechemia, 150 years later, writes the same thing in numerous times in his Joshes, that they're more medactic on the styles than the Goyim are. Ula'ilam Tira, he says, Afilu Mishares is Yehudis, even like a maidservant, the Jewish maidservant, she already has the newest style. Leveshes Miyad Malbush Madach Adash Bas Chalosai, it's even before the Goyim, it's all spread out. Already the Jews already have always the newest style. There's nothing to satiate them. He says, and this is something, um, and he says it's not only by the women, it's by the men. And then he says, the men have a different problem also. They cut off their payas, because they want to look like women. They cut off their payas. And... He says over here, okay, besides the Isurim, Bechein Mahajim Achare Mabushe Nachri, all different types of things. Again, Mashein Medakta Filo Hanachri. He goes on and on and on. He talks about this and he says, he says, this was Sheikh Shichai Nem Sheisol Bevayas Rishain. Vi Sheikh Ria Zere Yisrael Me'eret Svarad, Shahayabav Maila Yaina. That this thing of trying to be medame to the goyim is something that plagued us already in Bayis Rishain. He says Bayisheni Svarad. He also talks about Svarad. He says Kasher Tstiku Aleim Adin Chasidei Dor Hagirish V'Chachamov that they were made that their children were all going in the goyish way. This was the the by Spain they were made that that's what happened, and he therefore he comes and he talks about he's mitzavah his children over here. In those days, there was the Indian of wearing like a three-cornered hat. People wore a three-cornered hat, and the, guy, the Jews started wearing it too. Three-cornered hat um, had to do with the Trinity, so it was like a Gaiusha thing. Three-quarters of their religion. So, he, But uh, the Yidin doesn't always know what's behind it. So he asks his children to wear it. He says, you either have to wear a round hat or four corners, but no three corners. And so on and so forth. He goes here and he has a long arichus where he talks about it. He says, I think that in Ukraine was the same problem. Mamish page after page after page after page where he goes through and he says, he says, I'm not here to say that you can't wear what you're, the place you live in wears in. I agree that uh, it's impossible. He says, and you can't say such a thing. He says, but why do you have to be so medactic with all the chumras and all the things? He says, it's He says, this is what brought down the, the, the Yaris Vash says this was their downfall. 
you know, when we talk about Shalashinam uh, Abusham, whether there is such a Medrash or not, but Lamaisa, in Mitzrayim, Lashinam Abusham, Chazal do say such a thing. So, does it mean that Mamish, they were totally different? Or does it mean to say that there's this concept of understanding the Lamaisa? Not every Mishigas do they do that we have to do. Sometimes it's Takanat Sneas, and I'm not even talking about women, I'm talking about men as well. And sometimes it's just not Yiddish. There's such a thing of not being Yiddish, you know? You have to have such a Hergish, and we have to be Mechanic our children that way. There's something called Yiddish. It doesn't mean we live under a rock. It doesn't mean we, we dress in in, 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 uh, in I don't know what. And, and, and so, you know, we have to dress like they did in the shtetl in, in 1600. But there's this 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 diktuk shabai that that both Rabbi Yaakov Emden and Rabbi Rabbi Benison are talking about over here. And Bam is just to, to to give a little bit to Rabbi Yaakov Emden in the in the Akdama to the Siddur. This is in Chay Deshav, in Akdama to the Siddur, he says, I really got to the root of the problem of all this trying to be doima to, to the Goyim. And he says, the problem is we're lacking Gaiva. Klai is lacking Gaiva. He says, don't make a mistake, the Gaiva you're thinking. That's what you're right. It's not that Gaiva that you're thinking. The Gaiva to Kedusha. If we would be proud of who we are, we wouldn't have to madam ourselves to the Goyim. If we were proud of who we are and what we stood for and what we do in the world, we wouldn't have these problems. The way to do it is to make ourselves proud. Taira, Yiddishkeit, Mitzvahs, this is it. We have life. We have it. And the more that we are able to be ma'ir ourselves in the gaiva to Kedusha, so then we won't have this problem. Why would we want to be like them? Why would you have to? You have to have clothing. You've got to go to the store and buy it. But it doesn't have to be with such, with such a diktuk here. And when we talk about leaving this, this time of... of, of that we talk about here, that B'tseisim Yerushalayim is when we cry. We don't cry B'tseisim Yerushalayim. To remember what those what those chatoim were. What caused that? Like we're talking all day. There's something that caused everything. And in each place with all their tsaris, they looked and they had a chesh ben The G'daylim said what was going on, what was happening. Nothing here happens in a vacuum. You see, unfortunately, the same theme over and over and over again. How Klai Yisrael assimilates. They want to be like the Goyim. And unfortunately, that ends up being their downfall. So as we say this kina here, and we the way the minig is to say it, B'tseisi Mimitzrayim, we sing it all together. B'tseisi Mimitzrayim is more on like a happy type of note. B'tseisi Mimitzrayim is more on a lamenting, lower type of note. We have to remember that B'tseisi Mimitzrayim, B'tseisi Mimitzrayim. And just to make sure, we always say every year, when you get to the last stanza, so then there's two high notes. B'tseisi Mimitzrayim is in a is in a happy note, and B'shuvi Mimitzrayim is also in a happy note. You don't go down by B'shuvi Mimitzrayim like you do with the rest of the stanzas. So that's over here what we remember over here when we contrast leaving Mitzrayim on our way to becoming the Amanivchar, the Amaskula, the Mamleches Kayanim Vigay Kadosh. If we want to remain on that level, we have to be the Mamleches Kayanim Kadosh. Unfortunately, we end up at Seisim Yerushalayim when we forget that, and we unfortunately have to leave from Gullus to Gullus as we forget that. And Mamela, if we take that a little bit to heart, to recognize who we are as a Klai Yisrael, Gaiva to Kedusha, Vayigva Libay Vidarche Hashem, that's the key for us to remaining who we are true to a Klai Yisrael. Eishtuka
The Kina written by the Marame Rutenberg in the year 1242. In 1240, the Marame Rutenberg was in Paris, a Talmud of the Valatai Paris, And at that time, of course, there was a Meshumad, Nicholas Donnan, who decided that the way to get rid of the Jews for once and for all is to get rid of their Tyra and they decided to have a debate to see who's going to win see all the terrible things that it says in the Gemara and the Talmud about Christianity and all different types of things and it was chosen numerous Baliyataisis Rabbeinu Yechiel Paris, Rabbi Shemikutsi the Balasmag Rabbi Shmuel ben Shloimi mi Palaiza, Rabbi Yehuda ben Davi mi Malon. They were chosen to be the ones who debated. At the end, only Rabbi Chil and Rabbi Yehuda um, actually had the debate, and they pretty much won, so that's why it was over very quickly. But it doesn't really make a difference who wins the debate. It was all a sham anyways, as we all know. In the year 1242, Arab Shabbos Kedesh, Chukas, they took 24 cartloads, wagon loads of Svarim, and just to remember, there was no printing press yet. So all of this, all of these Gemaras were all handwritten. Many of them had in the margins the notes of the Baliyat Taisvis. And they were burnt. And they were burnt there, right in front of Notre Dame. And it was a terrible time. After that, the Maram Rutenberg ra- left France back to Germany. That really was the end of the French Tkufa of the Baliyat Taisvis. As it moved into Germany after that, Rechiel Paris, I think, ended up in Eretz Yisrael afterwards. Um, and he wrote this Kina Shalis Rufa Vaish, the Shleim Avelayich, the Torah that was burnt in Aish, should ask how the Avelim are doing. And in it, he shows his Tsar over the burning of the Torah. And as he says, Alashan. Is there a new Torah? So that's why it was burnt. And he continues and he says, I wonder if I'll be able to taste anything after I saw after I saw that they took all the Sifrei Kodesh and they burnt this Shlal Elyon so on and so forth, where he depicts his pain over the Shreifa Satayra. And this is something, as we know, throughout history, the Goyim are always out to destroy the Sifri HaKadosh, to destroy the Torah itself. And we've said many times the Vart from the Brisker of Son, Reb Chaim, Saraf HaPoistimis HaRosha Satayra, that HaPoistimis HaRosha, one of the five things that happened on Shavos HaPetamuz, is he burnt the Torah. And Reb Chaim said, Azad Narish only a Narish 
could think that if he burns the Taira, he burns the Taira. He says, he burnt the Taira, and when Rabbeinu HaKadosh wrote in the Mishnah, Saraf, Apaisimis, Arash, Esataira, if a person says those five words, it's Mekayim, five mitzvahs, the Limar HaTaira. From burning Taira, we create more Taira. That's the way it is. It's Shalai Kedarech HaTeva. Shalai Kedarech HaTeva. Nara Narish Agoy could think you burn the Taira. You burn it, we only create more Taira. Bemis, if you look in the Hakdama to the Tshuva Zachiezer, Chaim Oizer Grzanski, Grzanski Zechreinu Levracha. So in the Hakdama to the Tshuva, he writes, he says, people are thinking, is this the time now to start printing Svarim? drowning in a sea of tears. Shira, and you're saying Shira, you're printing a Sefer. Those who are coming to destroy us are coming from in and out. Heichal Hashem kuloi boy she says. The Heichal Hashem is burning. The Torah is burning and you're putting flowers on it? This is the Kayach of Kla Yisrael Even when was the sword was on their neck, they still continue to learn Torah. Even Bishas Khurba and Bishas Sakana, Bishas Tztukim he's talking about, they were learning Taira, Yavna Vichachameha, and so on and so forth. Wherever we went, there was always Taira, because our Kiyom Haruchni is only through Taira. And therefore, yes, this is the time that we print Taira. Yes, in a time of Tzara we continue to learn Taira. And that was the Tkufa, the Baliyat Taisvis, the Crusades, 1099, those days, Rashi lived through that. 1096, Rashi lived through their crusades. He's Maramistid in a few places. The Baliatoises are the next generation. Rabbi Nutam, all the Baliatoises, they lived through this time, and we have the Taisis from them. There's that famous Taisim of Akama, there's a Zakabala, it was written the night before he was going to be killed, that long Taisis over there in Maruba. This is how we are. Kla Yisrael continues no matter what to learn Taira. And Rabbi Sezalman in Evan Ozel in Nakdama Takachim, he also says, This Sefer was finished, The fire is burning, and especially in Kla Yisrael, Artsus Pailin, Lita, Mekaymas Hatayra, the Yeshivas, Kolar Abonim, everyone has been destroyed. Kulam Nersu Venechrovu. And he says, in the Rabonim and Askonim, who were in the quiet places. They were busy with Hatzalus Yisrael. He says, is this time now to write a Sefer on the Rambam? He says, this is the time to be Ma'ayin, how we could be Miyashiv Rambam? How could it be? Zoysi Shaila Gedayla Lechaira. Abel Be'emes Ein Kan Shaila, he says the same thing. Dafka Be'eis Hanayroa Zoysan Utsrichim Lizchazik Belimer HaTayra. Velirak Belimudo, Elegam Be'iyuna, Iyun HaTayra. It's an unbelievable fire. When there's a, such a fire, you need a lot of water to, to extinguish it. The depth of Taira. That's from Srefas HaTaira. We create more Taira. 
It's not logical. It doesn't make sense. But that's who we are as a Klai Yisrael. We know that is our Kiyom in Golis, is only through the Eish of Taira. When it's dark, when there's a Fela, but there's an Eish. There's an Eish of Taira. There's a, there's a Yid, Rabbi Gladstein, Zechayna Lebrach, who was just nifted recently, last year, I think. And he was a survivor. And when he was when he was liberated, um, so first of all, I don't remember exactly where he was, but wherever he was, he was liberated. He said, first of all, the Nazis, you know, realized that their end was near, so they exchanged uniforms with the Jewish inmates, thinking that the Americans are going to think that the ones in the in the uh, the emaciated ones in the in the in the uniform, those are the Nazis, and the fat ones in the, you know, in the pajamas are the, are, are the Jews. They, they thought maybe that would work. But obviously it didn't work. The Americans were a little smarter than that. It says, after liberation, the, um, the general, Henning Linden, came over to, his, to, to Rabbi Gladstein, and he handed him a pistol, and he said, here, take my gun and take revenge against the enemy. You have them all here. Go shoot them. And he looked at him, he says, revenge? He says, I leave revenge to Rabbi Nishalaylam. Here's your gun back. But I have one thing I need from you. It's five years since I looked in a Gemara. I was in the middle of Masechta Baba Basra, and I need a Gemara Baba Basra. That's my revenge. That's my revenge. That's who we are as a Klai Yisrael. Shali Srufavesh, what did the Maram Rutenberg do? Yeah, at the time of the Tsar, he said, I'm ever going to exist again. But he went and he was my Mitayr again. Maram Rutenberg, all of our, all of our, a sight of all Minhage Ashkenaz are from the Maram Rutenberg Vitalmidov. That's it, the Rosh, the Chulu, and all the Talmidim from then and on are all from the Maram Rutenberg. Well, how did he end up back in Germany? Kashali Srufavesh, because of this burning of the Torah. From burning of the Torah, we only create more Torah. When we're in the Sarah, when Klai Yisrael is in Eisara, it's a time to be Mechazek and Torah. Mechazek and Iyanat Torah. When Klai Yisrael is Bishalva, it's a time of Chizek Torah and Iyanat Torah. When we read this Kina, of course, we're in great Tsar over all the years and all the Torah that was burnt. But realize, Rav Shlomo Kluger says in the Akdama to his Sefer Tum Tam Vadas, Every new sefer that's printed is bringing the geula closer, and what that means to say is any new chidushim in Torah, any Torah that's being said is bringing the geula closer and closer and closer. So yes, in times of churban, in times of Eish, that's the time when we even b'shas churban, as we started off the morning, we're ready with the tikva, we're ready with the hope. This is not the end. There's going to be a future. We're going to bring the geula closer. More Torah, more Torah. Saraf apaisimis haroshas haTorah. The rishoyim named Apoistimus throughout the Deiris thought they're going to burn the Taira. But, oh, such Narish Agayim. You don't burn Taira. When you burn Taira, it only creates more Taira and more Taira. Shali Srufavayish.
Before we say the kina from the Baba Barov, Zechrein Alavracha, on the Holocaust, just as a siyum, and then we'll say Eli Tzion, the just as a siyum, we started off the morning a few hours ago talking about recognizing our past, tshuva, a hope for the future, there's a nechama, and hopefully we tried to bring out a chizuk from Churban as our avoid as we go forward. And really continuing on the theme that we just talked about with Shali Sufa Vaish was in 1945, after the war was over, one of the survivors decided to head back to his village to go see what was going on there, as many survivors did. And he came to his shtetl, and I think a few of together, a few people together, and they started looking around. And the Goyim gave them terrible 
looks of hatred, like what are you doing here? What chutzpah do you have to be alive? Go away. And he says, I roamed through the streets and I, memories flooded back every different place. My grandparents lived here, my great-grandparents lived here. This is where we danced in Chastaira, this is where we heard the Shaifer, Rosh Hashanah, so on and so forth. And he comes to the shul and the shul, which was once a beautiful building, windows and doors gone, roof caved in, terrible churban of the shul. And he can't tear himself away from just staring at the shul. And it's almost like he was, says, I was almost like pulled inside. And I pulled inside and I saw Mamish Khurban there, but there was like some type of remnants of a table, pretty much shattered. The benches were gone. Beautiful Arankaitish was destroyed. But I saw something that I thought I had to blink a few times. I thought something which I didn't believe was real. There were a few men there, scrawny, unkempt skeletons, survivors themselves. And they were sitting in a semicircle on a broken bench and they were singing. He says, they didn't even notice me, they didn't acknowledge me, but I joined them and I sat down next to them. And basically, they put their arms around each other and they were singing. Zachar davar liavdecha. Zais nechama si banyi kim raschachi isani. Zaydim heilitzuni ad me'oid mitayrascha loinotisi. And they sang it over and over. And every time they got to the word loinotisi, they banged on the table. Mitayrascha loinotisi. And they sang it over and over and over. Because at the end of the day, Kla Yisrael, through Chorban, we have one thing that keeps us going. However, we're never going to leave the Torah. And this, Rav Kamalhar, who was a big historian, and he wrote, in the, I think in the 1800s he lived, and he wrote the, a Taldus on the Rekeach that we mentioned before, and after the whole Maisa with the Rekeach, his wife is daughters were killed, he lost all his children and he says what is the kayak of our nation Lisbon, all of these saris how are we able to do it is one answer he says it's only through the Torah in the Etzem HaChoshech, in the Metzukos, in the Tzlois, that every corner we turn, there's another Tzara, there's another enemy that's hiding for us. But that's where Kla Yisrael finds their Nechama in the Beis HaMedrash, in the Arba HaMeshel HaLacha. That's where we find our Chizuk. That's the only way we're able to continue going on. Netzach Yisrael Lo Yishaker. When we remember that, we remember the Kayach HaTayra. Remember who we are as Yidin in all times. We're here today. Every one of us is here today only because in our Zaydas and Babas for generations sang the same song. That's why we're here today and we have to mechazek ourselves as well. As we want to know after all this Churban, what's the hope for tomorrow? What's the Bechi for tomorrow? What's our Tikva? We're never down and out. Say Hashem Lechol 
there's only one thing that keeps us going, and that's Mitairos Chaloinatisi. That is the Heligatayra, and Bez Hashem. We should be Mechazik ourselves. Hashem said, Al Ozvam is the Churban came, Ozvam is with Chizik Atayra, with Chizik in learning Tayra, and Amkus Atayra, and Ion Atayra, in dedication to Tayra values and Midais, like we talked about throughout the day. We should talk to see that day when we will see the end to all of these Saras, the end of all these Churbanites. And as a Kla Yisrael as a whole, we'll all get together and we'll all sing together. Mitairascha loy natisi. Say the the kina. I don't have it. Uh, for the Holocaust at the Art Scrolls on page 3 <laughs>